Calgary, here I come. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's Sunday, January 6, 2013. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 476. This is No Agenda. Steadily becoming an alcoholic in the lowlands of Gitmo Nation. Day 32, living in exile in Amsterdam. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. Hello? <laughs> that was hilarious. You had to have heard the way that worked. And your you name? Doing the, and your uh, name you is? Just, and your name is? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The, it, it went off. I'm just from Northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. Nailed it! Excellent, excellent. So here's what happened. <laughs> Good job. So you went offline. <laughs> I did not go offline. You went my offline. Machine. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you okay. went offline. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then, but you were you were my, you were screaming and yelling and you know in the way you normally do, which is the way we start the show. And then it, it, you, you can hear Skype going, "I can't take it anymore." <laughs> it <just laughs> turned off. Skype actually said to you, "I can't take it anymore." Yeah, it was a it was a message. It's right no. <laughs> What was the message? <laughs> I can't take it anymore. <laughs> well, I think this was great. And uh, and I, uh, as far as I can tell, the stream didn't go away. Everyone could hear the entire opening sequence from my end. So once again, it's your stuff that's not working. No, it's Skype. Okay, Skype. Skype unhooked, not uh, my stuff. It's your shit. Dude, you have no idea. It's your stuff. You just need to bite the bullet and upgrade to Comcast's business thing, whatever they're trying to sell you, because they'll keep jiggling the wires on you. It's just their strategy. Hey, they're on the air. <laughs> what are you going to do, Bill? Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was a hilarious opening. Good job. Good job. We screwed them up again. Yeah, you know that's funny because uh, in the olden days, when they were have, when the phone companies had to deal with you know open pipes as it were, yeah. and they had these competitors come in for early uh, internet service. Yeah, and this was in the uh, in the nineties. There, there was common complaint because they had to use the same uh, buildings that the phone companies were in, and these guys would always complain that the phone companies would come in there and just pull their wires out of yeah, the sockets. Oh, yeah, yeah. Out of those, say, hey, <laughs> screw you, you punk. No, out of those big strips. What are you going to do about it? Remember those big strips, the, 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 the big plastic things, and you had a special tool, and you could ka-chunk, 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 you'd, you could push the wires in there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Of, course that, of course that's the they way. They don't went. do anything like that. Anyway, uh, so uh, I'm becoming an alcoholic. Well, you better stop drinking, man. <laughs> well, I don't drink. Uh, no, I'm, I'm drunk already. It's. I'm telling. It's. it's strong. I understand. No, you're. you're <laughs> what? You could be drunk already, but you're not quite. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I thought admitting it was the first was the first step in the right direction, but I understand. You know, I I, I kind of take back what I've said about uh, certainly about the the the, the Brits. You know, who have very similar weather to uh, what's going on here in the lowlands. I mean, no wonder you people drink. It's like you get up, it's gray. How was your day? <laughs> it was gray. It's like drink. And now, and now, so in, the, uh, in in Gitmo lowlands, you know, they have the they've also I think since a year or whatever they've had this no smoking in bars policy. Which, by the way, half of the bars ignore that, and they have an upstairs you can drink and smoke upstairs. Uh, but the one right down below, right off to the side. Of uh, of where we're uh, renting our Airbnb uh, IKEA apartment, um, they have a no smoking indoors policy. So on, you know, like Friday night and Saturday night, you know, people go out to drink and smoke. 
and in laugh. The, at, on the street. Yeah, until like three in the morning. And it's like underneath oh. our window. And so, and of course, now I'm not smoking. So we smell the smoke. <laughs> you might as well be. <laughs> the smoke is coming up. And, and, you know, we're like, we're turning into smoke Nazis now because now <laughs> I can smell it. Now I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. And they're loud and they're laughing and they're drunk. And, you know, and, you know, what am I going to do? You know, it's like I go down and party. This is why I'm now an alcoholic. This is my point. So he was like, all right, honey, let's get up. It's two in the morning. We might as well go drink with these fuckers. Let's go. So uh, so we're drinking quite a bit. Uh, this is uh, it's entertaining. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but I've uh, I've uh, I've noticed a couple of uh, a couple of observations here. There's one the one thing that uh, that is really annoying the heck out of me. And that is trash bag technology. Now, when you pull the trash bag out of the bin and you want to uh, dispose of it in the appropriate place, um, do your trash bags have like little plastic things that slip out of the holes and it's a built-in tie system? What are you talking about? Do you, you, do you utilize trash bags? Yes. Okay. When the trash bag is full and you're taking it out of the bin and you need to close it to put it in its yeah. proper place... Do you have built-in closing technology? No. You use twisty ties? No, no, no. Oh, you're talking about well, you. I buy the bags that have the red, uh, like it's like a like a red piece of plastic inside. Yes. You pull on that yes. and it closes yes. the bag. This technology. I, I, I use those. This technology. I don't call that technology, but yes, I use those. <laughs> this technology does not exist here. They are still. What? They, they still give you a box of a, a, a box of bags with twisty ties. How insane is that? That's crazy talk. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's, the, the market is wide open for the Dvorak Curry Trash Bag Consulting Group. This is, this is I mean, I can't believe this. I, I, I made a study of it. I said, honey, let's go to three different stores. Let's see if we can find proper trash bags that have, now, I think in Austin, we have the yellow strip in there. So you've got the red strip. I think I've seen the red strip. And it may be, you know. Hefty. Yeah, hefty. Yeah, but they don't have that here. You, they they still give you a strip of ties. That's crazy. That just wow. makes that makes no sense to me. No, it makes no sense to me. I mean, Maybe there's something illegal about the red thing. <laughs> that, that would be funny. I mean, even if they have it, why why would anyone still be selling bags with the twisty tie system? That makes no sense. Even if it's not illegal, huh? Anyway. Well, you know, they made illegal just in this last week or uh -oh. since January 1. What? In the entire Alameda County, which includes Berkeley. And I think they're the progenitors yeah. along with Oakland. Right. Uh, the plastic bags at the store. Oh, you, oh, you can't you – can, at the grocery store, you mean, to take your, yeah. your stuff home? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So now when you go to the grocery store, you have to buy a bag. Which is one of those canvas things where the, the, the well, E. coli sits at the bottom? Right, yeah, the ones that they were contempt, the ones that, yeah, the unsanitary plastic bags. It costs anywhere from a dime to fifty cents. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, someone in the chat room just said the Jews did that with the bags. I mean, come on, people, let's pipe down a little bit. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> I'm telling you, this is this is exactly was how the we Berkeley get into trouble. Hummers, very few of them, which I might say are Jewish, although there are some. I do have a Hummer, by the way, on the. Uh, on the clip list. Oh, really? Oh, this is good. Wait, uh, but, this, but anyway, I do have more. Some, unless, unless it's something really. Oh, no, no, no. About I'd rather bags. hear about this craziness going on over there because you're, you know, hopefully won't be yeah, there yeah. forever. Well, uh, so Mickey uh, had her interview at the embassy, and this at was at the embassy. At the embassy. 
She got to go into the embassy? Yes, she had to go into the embassy. Okay. Uh, now, however, we are learning, at, well, we've already, of course, learned our lesson. You know, you have to uh, fill out all the paperwork properly, you stupid slave. Otherwise, right. you get denied into the so country. You have to do, to do it right. No, but, no, but you have to. So it says very specifically, uh, when, you, when you go for your interview, right, she had to be interviewed, and she, uh, she was able to get an appointment at 8.25 a.m., um, you know, two days after she called, but okay, eight twenty-five a.m. And you know, the embassy, it's it's got crazy. I mean, they've got it's like a, a a rat's maze. You know, they've got all these uh, barricade walls. You can't really get to the front. I mean, you you could not drive a tank into the front of the embassy. Uh, they, they, I, when I was in Madrid, stuck with uh, with my stolen passport taken by gypsies. <laughs> I uh, damn gypsies. Seriously, yeah, I, they, they have an embassy there that's like that too, and it's also homely. It's like a very poor representation of the United States. It's, it looks like a like a it's it's Stalin. It's like Stalin designs yes, these yes. things. I, I think it technically is the consulate. I don't know if it's the embassy is in the Hague. I think technically it's the consulate. Okay, um, well this was by, actually the embassy. And by the way, um, you know, if you don't want to get robbed by gypsies, don't let the gypsy hooker rub up against you in future, just for future reference. Because that's how it happened. You know. That's how it happened. I know how it happened. It wasn't some gypsy hooker. <laughs> okay. So, um and they and so you know, you have to bring your uh, Oh, and by the way, the form so it used to be you could fill out forms. No, now you have to go online and fill out your form D160 and upload a picture that has to be exactly the right proportions and pixels. And so, you know, have, you know it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm walking around with uh, a scanner uh, in my luggage. So, Oh, yeah, there's that. that's a scam. And by, let me drop one of my things. When I had to get my, my short-term two-day passport yeah, to get yeah. out of the country. You have to get the picture at a specific place. Now, they have my picture in the computer yeah, already. Oh, oh yeah, of course, of course. From the other passport, there I am. I'm, yeah. I saw it. You know, there's yes. my picture. There. Yeah. Why don't you just move that picture? Oh, no. You see me? I'm no, standing no, right no. here. Hello. No, no. See this and that picture? They both match. <laughs> Why don't you put that on the on the document Wait, no. instead of <laughs> instead of having to walk across the hall to some scammer that's charging me twenty five bucks uh -huh. to take a Polaroid? Hey, let me let me ask you this: Was the guy where you had to take the Polaroid was he a gypsy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm smelling a scam. So yeah, so so you know, then there's that part, and uh, and then of course you have to print it out. You know, oh yeah, of course I'm walking around with a printer. So you know, and it's not like there's not, it's not a twenty four seven economy like Kinkos. So okay, so we find that you know, luckily I had a thumb drive. We didn't, you know, because it was like, oh well, if you want to email it to a computer there, and then because of course Mickey's on the iCloud email or whatever, which doesn't have a web interface, Ugh. you know, then it would cost you extra, you know, 15 euros if you want to, anyway, just a nightmare. Okay. So she has the appointment, she goes, and it said very specifically in the instructions, you cannot bring any electronic gadgets into the building. Okay. What kind of a catch-22 is this? Well, here's the worst, because... You know, she has Taxi Eric, you know, Taxi Eric. So Taxi Eric drives her there. And, of course, you know, she, all she has is her phone. And she's like, okay, I'll just leave my phone at the, at the, at the slave scanning device. Right, at the you beginning. Know, right, and then and pick it up. And th so she says, oh, hi, here, you know, so, so she, uh, she's first in line. Uh, because she has the appointment, she gets to go through a special, uh, of course, uh, premium line. 
And uh, she said, oh, here's my phone. And they said, oh, oh, wait a minute. You have to go all the way out, outside, outside, outside of the barricade, slave, and dispose of your phone, and then get in the back of the line, now 60 people, because you broke the rule, slave. I mean, and so, and it's also like, you know, it's freezing. Uh, she has a cold. <laughs> so she has to call, so she calls Eric, has to give the phone to Eric, who then, who, you know, she says, well, just come back in like three hours, whatever, because I have no phone. I can't call you, woman alone. And that's now the system. You can't have a phone. What? Yeah. You cannot when approach I went the to, embassy with a phone. When I went into the, the Madrid, when I went into the Madrid uh, uh, embassy. No service for you! You get in line and you stand outside in the cold and then they open the doors at exactly or one minute after they're supposed to open them. And then you go in there and then there is a there's a guy who collects all that stuff yeah. nope. and he gives you no, a, a coupon. No, 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 you stupid and they put slave. It in a bin. No, you stupid slave. Shut up, slave. You, you don't get, do that anymore. You cannot follow instructions. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> they don't collect. They make you not show up. You, you they make naked? you. I mean, what's leave? the deal? Well, that would be a plus. They make you leave the premises, leave the premises, outside, outside of the barricades, go and go back into the slave line, not the premium line. So, you know, so I get to, of course, I'm getting these texts, Mickey's like, eh. you know, so, you know, you, it's essentially ever since Janet Napolo. Well, I Nap thought she no, had an appointment. <laughs> Why Janet should she Napolo? have to go through any of this rigmarole? Because she violated the rules. She came, she showed up with an electronic device that said specifically you can't show up with an electronic device. She violated the rules. Therefore, all bets are off in the back of the line, slave, without your phone. I'm telling you, huh. th this is ever since Janet Napolitano took over Department of Homeland Security, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nation of Nazis, brown-shirted freaking Nazis. And it, that's the State Department who, who, who are inside. But it's Department of Homeland Security that has all this crap around it. It's 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 nuts. You know when I I bitched about my experiences in the uh, yes, although, we, yeah, we remember. And I wrote about it, and I got a letter. I think I mentioned this on one of the shows from the State Department, from I guess one of the embassies, the head of embassies or something. Mm -hmm. And she moaned and groaned at me, saying, "Ah, you know this and that." And she would she gave me no return email, no address, no, no, nothing. No. I couldn't get a hold of her to say where she was wrong no, because she was. About you. No one cares about you. But this is. You know, let me just remind you that uh, I have uh, an uncle who um, was an ambassador, an ambassador uh, for many years, and, uh, and yes, a, and an a, actual ambassador, and a very famous one, and as a part of the Department of State, and he can yeah. pick up the phone and call at least two living former presidents. He has him a speed dial just to say, "Hey, how you doing?" And I called him before. Remember, I was back home. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I called yeah, him. Yeah, he says, "Get a lawyer." And he <laughs> he said, "Get a lawyer." He said, "Adam, I can't help you. Get a lawyer." Ever since it's ever since this Homeland Security showed up, he says these people are trained to make your life impossible. Get a lawyer. This is a man who can call presidents. Now maybe he just hates me. That's also possible. But no, no, that wouldn't. Be. <laughs> I don't think so. But that's that just goes to show. Anyway, so uh, with some luck. We will be uh, hearing if Mickey, uh, um, she wants a, a, a bogative name too, by the way. She's a little upset that, you know, I'm Alan, you're Jeb. She's like, how come I'm still Mickey? 
<laughs> she's not, <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm t- no, <laughs> she's not saying that. <laughs> That's, she's literally said that. Literally. She says, how come I'm still Mickey? I want, I want a She new wants name. a pseudonym? She wants a new name, too. <laughs> well, let the, let the audience decide. Yes. Now, speaking of... Um, uh, there's something you just said that triggered this in me. I'm not quite sure what it is. Anyway... Remember I talked about the eco mode on these on the cars here? Yeah. Okay, so for those who... We got some letters on this, by Yeah, the way. we did, and I want to read one. So the eco mode, uh, which is, is, is very strange, it's very unnerving. You're driving in a car or even in the cabs, this is where I notice it, and they, you come to a stoplight and you, the engine quits. It just goes off. And then uh, when you hit the accelerator, it starts, and then you move on again. And it's... it's it's pretty quick, but it's still, it's a weird, it's really weird. It's nothing you want. No, you, it doesn't feel correct at all. It's like you stalled the car or whatever. Yeah, no, um, it's, not, it's unnerving. So producer Blake, who's from Gitmo Nation East, the UK, says, uh, I wanted to read this verbatim. He says, all new cars in Gitmo Nation East have this eco mode. They call it start-stop here, which is probably more correct than eco mode. He says, yes. it sucks. The only reason they are including it, and this is, oh, this is why I thought of you, is to help the bogative mile per gallon figures as the extra urban test includes stopping in traffic. Gitmo East is all about CO2 figures, which would make sense. You know, the, all of Europe is like this now. And miles per gallon. There's a huge scam going on. A lot of the Ford models have published 50 miles per gallon. Everybody at work is struggling to get 35 miles per gallon from these crappy cars. Of course, our employer pays for fuel based on the manufacturer's figures, so everyone's now out of pocket for doing uh, business miles on behalf of the company, <laughs> losing 50-plus pounds a month from their own pay. Um, yeah. Did you not test drive a, a, some car that, that said 50 miles a gallon and it no, couldn't no, get it? No, no, 47, 47. Okay. But so this is bound to show up in America because we know the new legislation – um, I never thought his angle about the, uh, the the pay you know you get a certain amount per mile if you drive a car yeah uh, a company car and company yeah. time or whatever you get you yeah. know forty cents I think is what it, what t- typically is in the United States forty cents a mile uh, it depends on your company but I can see some cheap company like saying well you're going to drive a high mileage car we're going to give you thirty cents a mile right. which is like it, there's usually just a flat number and you right. get the best mileage you can I, I that so. This is kind of maybe they do this in some places. Most places they don't. Uh, but and think, also the, the 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 IRS gives you a certain credit, right, and they it, do they're not going to. What kind of car do you drive? I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah. So what is it? What I think is important is that since the uh, we have legislation now passed in 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 the United States of Gitmo Nation, where all vehicles will have to adhere to some crazy mile per gallon in what 2015, I think. I think it's out further than that, but this is an Obama. They want everyone to get 50 miles the gallon. Right, but this is I mean, the way to do to it. This. But this is the way to do it. This it's is what we're going to see. Yeah, well, it adds to, yeah, it's one way to do it. Ruin the car. Yes, this is what we're going to get. We're going to get the start-stop crap in America just for them to be able to use the same car and get more miles per gallon with the start-stop thing. Well, with the with the hybrids, you know, they essentially do that automatically because they're never running when they're you're stopped. The motor's not running, and then you hit the gas, and the, it's, it's all electric. So the electric takes off, and when you stop, there's not the electric's not doing anything. So that you know, it's essentially what the way I see it in the future, the way this is going, unless somebody puts a stop to it, which I don't see. Uh, every, you're just going to have to get a hybrid. That's all there is. Well, to here it, it is. There's, I've, there's I've got no it here. solution. To I've got this. it here. Um, fi- so by 2025, so we got a that's you know 13, 12 years. 
all new vehicles in the U.S. must have an uh, an average of the equivalent of 54.5 miles per gallon. Um, but by 2016... A moped barely gets that. <laughs> 2000, 2016, it has to be 35.5. So that's already going to... That, that would be eco-mode territory, to get 35.5, as we just see from this email, with the start-stop thing going on. So put it in the book, start-stop. Your new car will have start-stop. Yep, I'm sure it will. I've driven start-stop cars and gas cars, and it's a, it's a nightmare. It's annoying. Especially going up and down a hill, believe me. You're not going <laughs> to like it. It's un- unpleasant. Wait a minute. <laughs> just just forget it. You're going to get a hybrid. I hadn't, even, the- I hadn't even thought about that. The start-stop thing on it. So there's no hills here, so you don't, you don't, that's not a problem. So if yeah. you, <laughs> that is a problem in uh, in hill country, uh, wait, yeah, I, which is most of the world. But, I, but this is only for new vehicles. I bet you that my truck will still be running by 2016, probably. And Miss Mickey will still Although, have a Range Rover by 2016. <laughs> well, that's that's another story. But they could be, you know, that you never know. They could ban the older cars, and you have to get special permits for them, or who knows what. Have to pay more. Right now, you pay less, and this is here's a scam. Yeah, I'll put this in the book. Right now, you pay almost nothing for older cars to get them registered because they're old. Let's let's right. think about this differently. If you're going to be somebody that's scrounging for money, let's start charging more for older cars to encourage people to get the new cars with the well, black no, boxes no, 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 and no, no, start but, stop. But this is why we had the whole cash for clunkers thing. Is to they destroyed cars? They they literally destroyed the secondhand market. By, I mean, this wasn't just like taking cars and giving people credit for them. They were they were physically breaking the engines. Remember this? Yeah, it's hilarious. We'll see more of that. Just going. I mean, that it's uh, it's insane. It's just insane. It's insane. Well, 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 well. Oh, that was fun. <laughs> you know who else is? Let me just say something. Our president, our vice president. I'm sorry. Joe O'Biden yeah. is insane. Did you okay. see what he was doing to all these all the wives and the and the daughters of the uh, of the new Congress? Did you see any of this video? No, I didn't see any of this oh video. Oh my god. So they had um swearing in day. Right? Yeah. And uh and uh let me see if I have uh I have two clips from him. And you know, so so basically, he's meeting all of the, uh, uh, you know, all of the senator, uh, all of the Senate's families, and you know, and he's and he's doing pictures, uh, taking pictures with, which by the way are completely bogus of pictures. And he's even saying, but he has a mic. Somehow he's mic'd, or you, you can hear him. him. You can hear him, and he's just like, "Hey, baby, how you doing? Oh yeah, this is so hot. This is so ah, uh, you just wow. This, um, let me see. Where is it? I have." Um, Oh, crap. For some reason, it's gotten into the wrong. Maybe it's here into the wrong. Because I have NBC making, uh, joking about it. Whereas if this if this was anyone else, you know, the, 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 it's a complete outrage. Hold on. Where is? Well, I'm sure uh, more of an outrage than it was uh, him. Now I'm, what happened to my clip? Oh. Ah, this sucks. Hold on a second. This is such a, such a good setup here. Hmm. Well. I know. It's around, get it, find it. I've se- I seem to have lost it. Hmm. 
Well, let's play one of your clips to get going while I look for well, it. Well, I mean, my clip is like anticlimactic after that lead-in. <laughs> well, I, okay, I have him uh, talking to uh, <coughs> Senator King's wife, Angus King, and uh, and he's hugging her, and then, you know, it, it, you have to see the video, really. It's kind of hard to, to, to hear on the audio. And then someone just throws a Bible at her, uh, literally, like, thrusts a Bible uh, at her, and then she grabs it, and then you can hear O'Biden going like, "Oh yeah, yeah, here you stand in the middle over here," and he's and he's and he's squeezing her back, and he's holding her tight. This is while he's getting sworn in. No, no, he's swearing Angus King, but they already are sworn in. This is just for the photo op. So he's oh, okay. literally arranging this photo op, and the guy puts his left hand on the Bible, and it, oh, you hear O'Biden going like, "Oh, it's got to look official, so put your left hand on the Bible, raise your right hand." <laughs> But they're already sworn in. The whole thing is one big bogart of fakeness. Let's see if you can hear it. <laughs> you think they'll give us the time? Oh, I guess, I guess. I'm going to have you stand right in the middle, okay? you, you got to stand there, and I'll, you get in the middle of us, okay? He's going to put his left hand in the Bible. Right his right hand. Hand this for real. What do I look at? Yeah, I bet it's a little hard to understand. Uh, no, I could hear it. You could hear it. Yeah, but you, you got to see this video. And oh, I'm, I'm so angry now that I can't find this this NBC clip because you've got, they're all laughing about it, but the guy is, he's insane. He's just like, wow. He's, he, he literally is looking at, you know, one of the senator's daughters at her boobs and he's going like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's That's drunk. Terrible. Yeah, no. He probably it's, is drunk. Yes. I can't he's believe. Drunk you with power. I can't believe you haven't seen this. This is it's so outstanding. Well, I don't know. No, it's I've gone. been watching mostly Canadian uh, broadcasts this Oh, week. really? Oh, yeah. really? Like there's a lot of there's, there's stories like this. This is a good ca- Canadian one. We play girls in Edmonton. Who knew this was going on? To Edmonton now, where advocates are speaking out about protecting teens from sexual exploitation. It comes after two separate incidents where police say girls were lured online and forced into prostitution. Officers believe there could be other victims out there. CTV's Brianna Carstens Smith has more. <laughs> Yeah. So apparently they're uh, luring in, in Edmonton. Is that so strange that it's happening in, in Edmonton? Well, Edmonton's pretty staid. I don't, I've never seen a hooker in Edmonton. There was something else. Was there some kind of huge, um, I like some kind of huge thing about some kids uh, that had, I guess sexually assaulted some girls after a party and took pictures yeah. of them? Yeah, why Steubenville's the clip? This will bring you up to speed. Okay, because I was reading about that. The online activist group known as Anonymous held a rally in the small town of Steubenville, Ohio, which has been rocked by allegations of rape and cover-up. Anonymous says it's uncovered information that points to a cover-up to protect school football players. Ah. Cover-up Anonymous says includes not only the players, but also town officials. Today, Anonymous members wearing their trademark Guy Fox masks are hosting a demonstration in the town. And Steubenville's city manager and its police chief today launched a website, steubenvillefacts.org, to keep the community up to date on the case. It began after a videotape surfaced last week of a teenage girl being raped last August by at least two teenage boys, reportedly members of a school football team. Huh. So is this another uh, code? It's, uh, I have a clip of Dr. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on a second. Okay, because I the got a question. I, yeah. The well, does it relate to this one? Yes, it is. It's Dr. Drew. 
Oh, hit it. <laughs> okay, and I think just to sort of dovetail off of that, Dr. Drew, jump in here with me. I know that you have a yeah. um, a, a very strong opinion about alcohol and how that fuels the flames, but yep. let me tell you, oh, alcohol's yeah. been I, around a long time, and this oh, is no, one, of those, actually, uh, one of those stories yeah. that sort of beats beats the rest. Yes, we should all be disgusted and we should all be scared to death. <laughs> whenever, whenever Dr. Drew, who, by the way, was paid to sell medication uh, and promote it on, on his damn television show with Celebrity Rehab, a paid shill for the pharmaceutical industry, whenever he's saying we have to be afraid of something, you got to pay attention. Because here's what all of us that are parents are standing here doing is saying, not my kid. But the fact is we live in a world where we don't know that. Pornography has been raining down on these kids. Whoa! Pornography has been raining down. John, get the umbrella. It's raining porn. Social media is changing their ability to be empathic, and they are <laughs> treating particularly women, these young men, as objects because that's what they get on the Internet these days. And unless you actively parent against that, you could be stuck with this. So true. On top of that, <laughs> it, wait, Master, but any measure, any wait, measure of more. adverse outcome you look at an adolescent, you find alcohol and drugs, whether it's rape, STDs, unwanted pregnancies, whatever it is, you always find alcohol, and we have to be much more firm and intervene much more aggressively on the and, and you know what? The New York Times reported that this all stemmed, the genesis of this was a very big party, end of summer party, at a coach's house that Ooh. had a full bar and little plastic glasses, uh, you know, provided. So, I mean, certainly there was a lot of alcohol Ashley, involved in a I lot of I told my kids, let me, if they go to a party where a parent is doing that, I'm going to come show up with the sheriff and have the have the, the adults hauled off and I'm going to yeah, laugh there out may, on the lawn. There may be some be, I'm going to laugh on the lawn. Because <laughs> they are accountable for this, ultimately. And I'm, listen, they... <laughs> okay, so I presume this is a war on the demon drink of alcohol. Well, yeah, but that, that's actually not where I wanted to go with that clip of mine. But I think it's a good place to go. But I just wanted to bring one thing up that was the anonymous. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, uh, anomaly. Oh, yeah. The anomaly. I'm never going to say it. Anomaly regarding anonymous. Why are they in Steubenville? That's their, head, that's their headquarters. That's their headquarters. That must be. The only reason I can think of that Anonymous would show up and actually be hacking into the system to, to bust these guys for this, whatever the cover-up is, is that some one of the main guys – I don't know why they do this because it's like revealing that some Anonymous heavyweights must be in Ohio. There's no other reason for it. No other reason for it. Yeah. Are you still there? Yeah, it sounded like you kind of dropped off the face of the earth. No, he'll go, he'll come back. Wow, connecting now. I, I'm still streaming. That was you, man. That was you. Four, three, two, one. Yeah, that was totally you. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I found the. Uh, I fa um, okay. Oops. Sorry. You want to continue with your. Uh, no, I just, I just thinking. I don't know what. I mean, maybe they're playing their hand. I don't know what the deal is, but there's obviously somebody is connected to Steubenville that they would be so. They would. This is a minor story, and I mean, it's not minor to the girl, no. obviously, but no. this is not a big, a big story. This is not an international intrigue. I agree. Uh, yeah, I, no, I think you're completely right. Something is going on with Steubenville. Yeah, and I and it sounds to me like more like a pedo bear story than anything. When you get Doctor Drew in, this is his reintroduction, by the way. Drew has been off the map ever since you know he was busted on on being a shill for uh, for the pharmaceutical industry and selling you know antidepressants in his show, 
and receiving yeah. money for it. What is it? I think it was three hundred thousand dollars or two hundred fifty thousand. We should be so lucky. Yeah. Hey. Was, we even play the commercials, and we still don't get paid. How dumb yeah, are we? <laughs> We're stupid. We um, are. We're dumb. Anyway, I have the uh, I have the the NBC clip here, and um, so of course so you'll be able to hear Biden literally, I like, found it. like chatting up these chicks. And you're really preoccupied with this because it, it's it's an outrage when you see this. <laughs> And, and but then the NBC guys like oh he's charming and it's so hilarious where well, he's literally sexually assaulting them it, it's it's yeah, check it Vice out president clearly relished his chance to greet senators families and there was certainly a lot of charm being poured on by the vice president spread your legs you're going to be <laughs> frisky he's saying what? spread your legs you're going to be fr-. he says he says spread he says, your legs spread your legs you're going to be frisk yeah he says this to one of the they're standing for a photo op listen just listen to it okay. i want you next to me as they say southern you're doing good you're doing good ma he's touching him you got to need any help on your pecs let me know <laughs> <laughs> hear this he's looking at Chick. Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. like that all day. That is so, just the, now, so this is NBC, you know, the... What it is went it? like that all day, yes, they said? Yes, yes. If you need any help it. on your pecs, let yes, me know. Yes, there's hours of Looking this. at her breasts? No, no, that's... that's No, she says, when he's looking at the girl's breasts, he says, holy mackerel. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. It's, the guy is insane wow. drunk or both. Holy mackerel! He said, "He look, you know, there's a beautiful, I mean, a beautiful young woman in a red dress, and I think he's a, she's a daughter of one of the senators, and he and he looks straight down at her boobs and goes, holy mackerel! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? Wow, that's our government. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mickey can't get into the embassy. <laughs> yes, and and you know, and and she'd be happy to have Joe Biden look at her boobs if she can get a green card. Uh, I don't believe." Yeah. Meanwhile, we are actually uh, the fiscal cliff is uh, is actually here, John. <laughs> known known as our donations for today. Oh yeah, we have <laughs> we got yeah, a, we did have one. We got one instantite, which is fantastic. We have one instantite, which actually saved, saved the day. Saved the day. Otherwise, it yes. would have been horrible. Yeah, saved the day. And uh, um, uh, do you have a note from this uh, instantite? Yeah, I do actually. The Good. he com- comes in as uh, uh, I think as. Xinjun, which is actually a province in China, and he wants to be known as a purely anonymous donation. He wants to be known as the as the anonymous Chiner. <laughs> oh, and he he did ask us. He says, "Why I don't get this Chiner thing? I guess he hasn't been listening to the show too long." And I explained to him what it is. Is it? It's. He says, I, "I I don't think it's an insult to the Chinese. I don't know what where it comes from." And we might as well explain that it came from uh, Rick Perry. Who we caught, you know, he was doing one of his speeches once, and he couldn't pronounce China. He kept saying China. He kept saying China. I knew yeah. the Chiners and the Chiners this and the China, and so we picked it up. I don't know if he actually said the Chiners. I think no, he never said the Chiners, <laughs> but he pronounced we, it China. I think we may have done a little bit of that, but he was yeah. Yeah, we added we we, we hey, embellished a little bit. Hey, Jeb and Alan can do whatever they want because we have no sponsors, no advertisers. Is how the system and, works, right? That's what. That's why we uh, ask for these uh, contributions. And he gave us a, a one ten forty, named after the uh, the tax form. The tax form. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to thank him, uh, yeah, Matthew, awesome. and he's in uh, San Ramon. 
California. Matthew Farrow, Leland, North Carolina, is also associate executive producer, $203.28. Like the triple D douching, as I've been called out once by my best friend's wife, Christina, and twice by my old friend, Eric Henry in Orlando. The donation is three times Eric's last donation of sixty-seven seventy-six. I'd like to call out Lee Elliott. Or Ellett, Lee Ellett, as a douchebag. Douchebag. As he hit me in the mouth almost five years ago and has yet to donate, even after his wife called us both out several months ago. Oh, no. Can I get some karma for Lee and Christina? Christina. See what he's got. is Christina, Christ- I guess. Christina. I think maybe Christina. Or he might and have mistyped a, it. Might have been just Christina. No, it's on both No, both it is Christina. Yeah, you're right. Christina. Okay. That's one hot MILF baby. And we, I guess, karma, one hot MILF baby. We're just living the American dream with our eight-month-old twin, uh, Human Resources, uh, Edie, or Eddie, Eddie and Mila. All right, here we go. That's one hot MILF baby. You've got karma. <laughs> Yay. Yay. And then, uh, well, let me take a quick look in the email, see if Harm sent us anything. I don't think so. Uh, but then we have one other. Uh, oh, you did. Oh. Uh, he sent us a uh, nice a note. Craig Harms uh, came in in Wichita, Kansas for uh, $200. He'll be the second associate executive producer. And he says, uh, no karma. It's bogative. Uh, he wants <laughs> us to follow him on Twitter, Craig Harms, at Craig Harms. And then he wants a drunk voice. Can I get a douchebag for Jeb? Douchebag. <laughs> for my previous donation, I go by Craig Allen Harms, what? not Craig Harms, as Jeb <laughs> called me previously. <laughs> Love the show or show before where John explained the moonshine documentation. Excellent episode. Literally the night after I listened to that episode, we have a bottle of moonshine in the old liquor cabinet. And some white girl asked me what I was thinking. It was some of brand, off-brand vodka. And when I told her to just read the documentation, I was immediately given a dumbfounded look. And as I laughed my ass off. <laughs> I got a lot of people who really liked that <laughs> your quote was, you, you have to read your documentation, people. <laughs> it's like whenever I'm like open up a box of aspirin or something, I feel compelled. I'm like, oh. I have to read the, the, my documentation. I need to read about this aspirin. There's a flyer in there. I must you read must it. You read your documentation. You never know what's in there. Anyways, <laughs> he wants another douchebag for the douchebag across the street from where he's building a new house for calling me and bitching about an empty cardboard box on the job site blowing into his front yard. <laughs> Get a life, Leroy. Get a life. Get a life. Leroy. Is that his name, Leroy. I don't know. Might be. Oh, wow. Anyway, so that's our uh, that's our two associate executive producers and one executive producer for show. 476, hopefully people will be more enthusiastic so we don't get off to a lousy start like we did last year, last January, uh, and uh, bring it up for 477. Go to slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, no agenda nation, and no agenda no agenda nation and no agenda show.com and look for the donate button if you can't find it at dvorak.org. And I might as well just say uh, while we're at it, in the morning to you, uh, John C. Dvorak. Well, in the morning to you, Adam Curran. In the morning to all ships that see boots on the ground, feet in the air, feet in the water, subs in the water, uh, and all the knights and dames out there who helped us uh, uh, all throughout 2012. Yes. And also thank you to uh, all of our artists. Uh, special thanks to Kevin Thomas who provided the art for episode 475. Uh, you can always find all of our album art, uh, a nice broad selection at noagendaartgenerator.com. Uh, we can only choose one for each uh, for each particular show. By the way, uh, someone, whoever, I don't know who's doing it, is now also taking the current album art and putting it on the 
on the Google Plus page, which looks oh. kind of nice because when you you know you hit communities, uh, yeah, uh, you. <laughs> why am I even trying to explain this to you? I was there. <laughs> I posted. Uh, do you are you a member of multiple communities? Uh, one. Yeah, I have multiple. I'm a member of the ama- amateur radio community. Oh. <laughs> I thought you could only be in one. No, no, I'm a member of many communities. Yes. Oh, you know, oh. you know, it's uh, uh, what? Well, no, I mean, it's I'm I'm annoyed because you know, now we've got like 1,700 uh, people in the Google Plus community, and it's actually kind of heating up. But now, now I'm seeing how this whole Google Plus thing it sucks. I just want an RSS feed of everything that that people post there. That would be great. Now there's just a whole other thing I got to look at. I want it all in one place. Could someone please just make an RSS feed of all new posts in the Google Plus community? Scrape it. I don't care. Whatever you have to do. It's just, and you know. Yeah, it is kind of, it's, what you're saying, what I'm, let me just deconstruct what you said. Yes. It's old-fashioned, it's old-fashioned, and it stinks. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying, John. Dvorak.org. Hey, even if you can't help us out financially, you can always go and do this one thing with our formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Shut up, slave. Hell yeah. Shut up, slave. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that part of it is really old-fashioned. And actually, I was, um, here, this will probably be good, because people are into it. I can't help it. Um, there's, there's so many downsides to it, and it's just. But people are there. This is the thing that annoys me: is people are using it. So now it's like I kind of got to go check it out. But the No Agenda News Network is still where all of the news, the real stories are coming through. You know, I just wish we could integrate the two. But um, so there was this. Uh, I was watching Military Times TV uh, on on the on the interwebs, and uh, it was actually it was the guy's introduction. And then I'll play a little bit of this interview that he had with some intelligent, yeah, some consultant, which you or I could have easily done this interview. But it was the opening to this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this interview. When Pentagon officials talk about intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance, known as ISR, they usually mean optical radar and electronic eavesdropping. But now humans are becoming unwitting sensors that the Pentagon and U.S. intelligence agencies are trying to harness in what's known as population-centric ISR. I love that. Unwitting yeah. sensors in population-centric ISR. I'm like, oh, I love this. The 400. Yeah, Twitter is actually considered the, the one well, of the key elements. Well, let me let me let me play the interview in a second. Hold on. In tweets sent around the world each day can be mined for valuable intel clues, and with the right software and technology, spy agencies can turn all that data into a powerful predictive tool. Aaron Rothman is the editor of C4ISR Journal, a sister publication to Defense News, and is the author of the cover story, Unwitting Sensors: How DoD is exploiting social media <laughs> unwitting sensors so all of you on google plus are unwitting sensors okay that's yeah, the, with an s not a c correct and here he is about uh, uh about how part of it works the tools that the intelligence agencies are using to be able to mine all of this information that's out there first of all they need to get it all one of the ways they get it all is twitter um twitter sells a product to a very few companies called the twitter the full Twitter firehose, and uh, that uh, the firehose terminology gives you an impression of how much data it is. 400 million tweets is obviously uh, so much data it's impossible. A day, for, uh, a, day. a day, a day. It's impossible for anybody to even uh, grasp how big that is. So. Uh, 
a, a, a number of companies are trying to mine this and market it in ways that are specific to DOD and to the, to the CIA and other intelligence agencies. You tell the CIA's uh, venture capital firm has been interested in some of this stuff, but what are some of the companies that are developing products? Uh, one of the companies funded by the CIA's InQtel was a firm called Attensity out in California, and, and they provide powerful tools, and they're one of the customers for the full Twitter firehose. Right. Um, that's one company. Another one is a, a sort of a, a, a smaller a group called uh, Intensity. They market to State Department and to others. Again, the same type of products. Booz Allen is developing its product to try to say, we can do this too. They buy the full Twitter firehose from others and they've applied their own software to look at it. And they, they believe they can apply it in different ways to look at all sorts of bulletin boards. It's not just Twitter, bulletin boards, you know, social fortune. media in general. So, uh, InQtel, of course, uh, this is not, strangely enough, not mentioned in this interview are one of the uh, early investors in Facebook. And uh, as you know, uh, uh, Google uh, is, is, in fact, Gmail is the email client of choice for the intelligence community. This is, this is, that's their, their, their in-house email system. So um, what is happening now is all this stuff that you love so much, you know, and oh please, you know, let's all use the centralized systems, let's use Twitter, let's use Google+. They're the going cloud. to the cloud they're going to come in and they're going to start arresting people and and they're going and if you are now a member of the no agenda google plus community you are you will be arrested and you know why you know yes you will be and you know why because i am right after the show i am uploading the terrorist encyclopedia the terrorist encyclopedia that document among many bomb related materials police say belong to a young couple living in a high-end apartment in new york city's trendy greenwich village the couple 31 year old aaron green and 27 year old morgan gleedman are in police custody They've been charged with felony possession of an explosive with intent to use and felony criminal possession of a weapon. You see, how it works is you have possession of the terrorist encyclopedia, which shows you how to use these uh, materials to create bombs, and you get arrested. And I'm uploading that to Google Plus right after the show. And I'm a moderator, what? so you can't, what? you can't kick it off. What? What? Uh, the terrorist encyclopedia. Uh, what bomb did they have? They had a bomb. Uh, no, they didn't. This is bogative, you know. No, and of course it is. <laughs> you have a. You have really. A it's really. Uh, well, it's bogative. Okay, okay, really. okay, okay. I get it. <laughs> but you have. There's enough stuff in the kitchen under the sink. Yes. To make a bomb. Well, that's what the terrorist encyclopedia is. It, yeah, and so you look. You have the terrorist encyclopedia A, mm -hmm, yep. and then you have the stuff under the sink because B, you have to clean yeah. your drains once in a while. A, yeah. Yeah. And you said, so therefore you have bomb-making equipment, yes. and the book proves that you are going to make a bomb. But this yes. is bull crap. Yeah, exactly. The Terrace Encyclopedia is way cool, though. Is it? What has it got in there? Oh, because well, it's very hard to Google this, because now, of course, you know, all you get is stories about these two about schlubs. The, yeah, about these you two could schlubs. do it with a, with a Julian search, date search. You can find so it. So I actually found the text. Uh, the Terrace Encyclopedia, version 1.02. I have uh, the latest version. Ooh, I was hoping you'd get 1.1.2. <laughs> a publication from the Psycho Department by Metamorphosis. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so uh, table of contents, chemicals, acquiring chemicals, list of useful household chemicals and availability, preparation of chemicals, Nitric acid, sulfuric acid, ammonium nitrate. I mean, it's, it's basically, you know, it's a cookbook. It's, it's very much like 
the uh, what was the what was the name of that book that actually was the cookbook the uh, the anarchist cookbook isn't that the name of it? No, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Don't pretend. Don't pretend you don't know. I don't what I'm remember. About. I just. I mean, these things come and go. You're I mean, I'll re- tell you this much: if people think they're going to make homemade explosives and they're not, they haven't been in the army and they haven't learned how to handle this stuff and they have haven't learned the tricks of the trade, they might like, hurt. They could from, hurt themselves. From pros, you're going to blow yourself up. Yeah, you could hurt yourself pretty badly. Yeah. Yeah, you blow your hand off. I mean, there's a million things that you, people just have no clue. You know, you, these books are bull crap. In fact, I think a lot of these books. If I'm not mistaken, if, I think we must have talked about this thing before because I'm pretty sure there was a lot of bad information in there, almost pretty much like use this book and, and you'll be sorry. <laughs> well, can we uh, can we sell this as a as an Amazon giblet? <laughs> One of those 350 or what are they, 299 or whatever? This would be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello? Hello? <laughs> no, I think it goes something like this. Mr. Adam Curry. Open up the door, Mrs. Curry. Now. <laughs> so for some reason, my I opened up the terrorist cookbook on my computer, and now my something my everything's frozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you have it. That's what it's all about. That terrorist cookbook is some. I believe it's probably a honeypot or some 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 sort. Well, yeah. It's <laughs> too dumb. I mean, yeah, of course. If you want to learn how to make explosives, go, you know, go to join the army. Right. You know, or work for a dynamite factory. I mean, there's no way you're going to just do it on just this is just way it's not right to even think you can. I mean, what are the I mean, because essentially, I think what these what these kids had was uh, um, peroxide. Yeah, they, they probably had blonde hair, but I think essentially it was just peroxide they had a, but they had like a, a shotgun or something else that's and the weird thing about these these two kids um is that the uh, they were rich or they came from rich in fact you know, did you are you familiar with the whole no, report? Have, no one is immune susan candiani is out front with their story susan is out front It's not the kind of activity you'd expect in an apartment in a posh section of Manhattan. But when police raided the home of Aaron Green and Morgan Gleedman in Greenwich Village, they found explosive material called HMTD. HMTD, John. You know what HMTD is? No, I don't. Oh, well, that's basically... Hold on, my my system is broken. I think that's basically peroxide. And chemicals used to make it, along with two shotguns, a flare gun, and high-capacity magazine. A high-capacity magazine, which is like, uh, I guess that's the the year-end Playboy special. A high-capacity magazine. Woohoo! The HMTD is extremely volatile, and uh, that's why the building was evacuated and, and surrounding buildings. Uh, that's the uh, police commissioner, Kelly, there. Well, we're certainly uh, uh, put on notice because of the the ability uh, of right. this to just go off at uh, any given time. I just, hold on, hold on, hold, stop the presses. <laughs> HMT, HMPTD, hold, you got stop, it? stop the presses. <laughs> The uh, I'm looking at a web page, which is right up there. If you just type in HMTD, all caps. Yeah, I got it. I think it's the third or fourth hit. It's on the MIT.edu web server. Arrest these people. Seriously, this is the this is not only a methodology for making it. It's from a military manual, so it's probably pretty good stuff. Rogue Science Dash Mirror Dot Explosives HMTD, and this is a step by step methodology right here on the interwebs sent out by Google from the MIT server on how to make this particular product. 
Excellent. There you go. I mean, we can make it. It does take hydrogen peroxide and something called meth, methanan, meth, methanamine. Yeah. Never heard of it. <laughs> uh, you need a magnetic uh, stirrer with stirring rod, so you need some, some equipment. There's not much to make in this stuff. A little citric acid and then some alcohol, and then you right. let it dry. And it doesn't store well, so you have to deal with it immediately. So in other words, there were, if this is true, they would have to be blowing something up pretty soon. When I was, uh, this is bull crap. Yeah. Oh no. Of course. Well, there's a little more. As shocking, the suspects come from successful families. Aaron Green's father is a successful business owner. Ooh. Morgan Gleedman's dad is a well-known doctor who owns the building where the two lived rent-free. <laughs> Gleedman's mom is a high-end hooker realtor. Green's oh. lawyer declined to comment. Lo I love it. High-end realtor. Oh, damn. Would be funny. Yeah. You know. Hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Mm -hmm. There's another thing, a little tidbit in here. Uh -huh. uh, let me just read this from right from the document from MIT, which is on the Internet. <laughs> the lab uses a blah, 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 blah. blah. I, hear, says, I hear it's in Boston somewhere. Yeah, it's in the area. Yeah. 3% uh, kind of the 10 times the, the, heth, the HMDTD, uh, which is hexamethyl, hexamethylene, Hex, hexamethylene triperoxide diamine. Well, that's you can. By the way, chemical names can be pronounced two or three different ways. But this one here, I always like my way better. Of course, <laughs> used here is also called hexamine and methamine, and blah blah blah. It can right. be purchased as heating tablets. As to what well, heating really? tablets are, they are used in camping and in the military for heating meals or hand warmers. These huh. little. It's very unlikely you'll find this anymore, so you can synthesize your own, and people would do that to make this stuff. For that purpose, huh. not necessarily as an explosive. No, just if you want to heat up your meal. It should be kept away from metals as it will corrode, and HMTD will detonate if struck, but only will only burn if heated. Huh. So, so okay, so this was a product. You could have had some heating tablets, and then you would have had the, that book plus the heating tablets, you're in jail. This is terrible. Yeah, so they're putting. I they got They're gonna have to prove more than that on these two kids. Well, they, well I think the guns, the flare gun, and the high capacity a magazine. A flare gun, big deal. The high capacity magazine. Yeah, this is. Yeah, <laughs> I got a lot from Aaron Burnett. I got what a lot. What are they of, gonna get? What were these two guys gonna? These two people going to do? This is, this is, there's no information. This, they're just on picking that. people up. There's no information. And who knows that they planted the magazine? I mean, I don't trust any of this stuff. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, let me ask you a different question then. Actually, uh, what I would like to do first is let me play you a little bit of our president's uh, little show there. Yeah, just Hold ran. One second. Where's the uh, Where's the president's show? Here it is. Um. You know how words matter, and, I, and and it just gets more annoying to me the more doublespeak uh, is out there. Because words do matter. From your president's uh, YouTube address. I congratulate the newly sworn in members of Congress. And that Joe Biden was fondling. I look forward to working with the new Congress in a bipartisan way. If we focus on the interests of our country, above the interests of party, I'm convinced we can cut spending, and raise revenue in a manner that reduces our deficit and protects the middle class. Now, protects the middle class. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question about that in a moment. And we can step up to meet the important business that awaits us this year. Creating jobs, boosting okay. incomes. 
Now listen to how everything is a dichotomy. Creating jobs, boosting incomes. That's almost, that's almost a complete dichotomy because the more jobs, the lower the incomes are going to be. Fixing our infrastructure and our immigration system. Fixing our infrastructure and our immigration system. Very interesting. Promoting our energy independence while protecting our planet from... Promoting, <laughs> it's like more oil, but protect the planet. The harmful effects of climate change. Educating our children and shielding them from the horrors of gun violence. Now, what exactly does he, is he saying there? Educating our children and shielding them from the horrible effects of gun violence. He's not saying making sure they're not killed. He's saying something very specific, shielding them from the horrible effects of gun violence. What do you what do you play that play that again? I don't is that was exact quote play, play the last part again. Maybe maybe I'm, maybe I'm misquoting. That would suck. Let me see. What does he say? Them from the horrors of gun violence. From the horrors. Shielding them from the horrors of gun violence. I don't know. It's mm, I don't know. It seemed a little weird to me. Anyway, so when he says protecting the middle class, here's a question. By the way, can we stop right now? And I'm going to bring something up because we bring this gun thing up. Okay. Everybody's going on and on and on about, oh, horrors of gun violence to this and to that. And, oh, the Second Amendment is not that big of a deal. We shouldn't. Hey, here it's very simple. The Constitution is the Constitution. The Second Amendment can be repealed just like anything else. If you really have this feeling... Where, and where is this, by the way? Where is the movement to repeat all these anti-gun guys? Tell me what website to go to. I have never seen it. The movement, the big, big movement, because the public's so upset about this, to get rid of the Second Amendment. It's very doable. You just pass an amendment, run it through the Constitution, have the states vote on it, and guns are banned. It's not that hard to do. You can do it. They did it with alcohol. They can do it with guns if they want to. How come this hasn't happened? Well, um, I will just point out the obvious then that even if the Second Amendment is repealed, uh, that does not necessarily take away the right to gun ownership. It takes the constitutional right away. No, it does not. It takes it removes the right for the to protect against the government from uh, taking guns away. It doesn't say that you don't have the right. The only thing the Second Amendment says is there's a uh, the government may not infringe upon the well armed militia it's the right to right it's to not it's not a right to have guns it's not it is a protection against the government removing guns right you can have law, local laws that pro- prohibit you yes. having guns you just can't have federal laws but they're still pointing to the second amendment all the time i know because it, the, whole thing, the, whole, no, no, the whole thing is bogative the whole thing is bogative the whole second amendment argument is is a moot point that's what I'm saying. No one is actually taking the time to read these four lines. That it does not say you have the right to have guns. No, it says the, the government, the federal government, may, may not infringe upon the right of people to bear arms. That's what it says. It's, that's, that's probably why they're not going after it. Let's make a whole bunch of other little laws. But it doesn't matter because that's not what I'm interested in. I don't care. Take away the guns. Whatever. Citizens, do it, whatever's good for you. Do you really care, John? Are you, you going to, like, stand there with your gun? Uh, take it away. I'm not, I'm not standing outside holding a gun. <laughs> hey, you, get off my lawn. I haven't got a lawn. That's the irony. Yeah, but you got a gun? Everybody I would, I would hope. Gun, yeah, I, I, as far as I know, everybody does. I love, I love being here in Europe and saying, and people say, man, what's it like in Austin? I said, everybody's really polite because we're armed. People go, oh. 
I mean, that really, the Europeans are just, and I, that's why I really disagree with this whole idea. Let's be more European. They're just, <laughs> they got no, they're, they're just, their balls have been cut off years ago. Yeah. And then they all say, but wait a minute, Mickey has a gun? Yeah. Sig, Sig Sauer 380 in the glove box with a laser sight. And that that really that, like a laser sight for so you know be, well believe me you varmints pull, you pull that thing That's the answer by the way <laughs> you pull, varmints you get one of those red dots on your forehead you know it, it makes an impression well if you can see it yeah um, anyway the real question is what is exactly the middle class I knew you were going to get back to that yeah that's why you try to distract me with this all this uh, Second Amendment crap. Although you're totally right, of course. There is no movement. This is just a bunch of bull crap. But what is the middle class? What is the definition of the middle class? Who is that? Are we in the middle class? Well, I don't know. Because, I, I don't even know we have a middle class well, in this country. Well, the president anymore. keeps saying protecting the middle class, help people get into the middle class and stay there. Well, what it's is a class that he's apparently not in. Okay, so I think it's the slaves. I think it's just the slave class. <laughs> the book of so the book of knowledge also doesn't really have a clear definition. But the best part I can bring out of it, I'd like to read to you here. A persistent source of confusion surrounding the term middle class derives predominantly from there being no set criteria for such a definition. From an economic perspective, for example, members of the middle class do not necessarily fall in the middle of a society's income distribution. Instead, middle class salaries tend to be determined by middle class occupations, which in turn are attained by means of middle class values. The middle class is essentially a macro-social group embracing individuals, or rather categories of individuals, marked by a unique general attitude towards life. I like this. Those are people who owe everything to their own efforts, resources, qualification, education, etc. Self-made as they are, middle-class people are furthermore self-employed and relatively free and autonomous in their work. Their knowledge and where, where are you reading this? Book of Knowledge, the Wikipedia page. Um, what 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 is the what does it say? Does it say middle class? Yes, middle class. Okay, because there's a different definition in the Wikipedia. No, if you scroll it. down, there's a box, and that's what I'm reading from. Let me finish it. Their knowledge and qualification, property, and managerial skills are intentionally acquired, and so is their social status. In between the upper crust and the wage earners, slaves, in between the envy of the world and the pitied ones. <laughs> that's where, that is, I think that is the correct definition. The middle class is in between the envy of the world and the pitied ones. I pity you. I pity you, little varmint. So that, that I think, is the real definition. In between ah, the envy no. of the world and the pitied ones. Well, what is it no, then? I, I think you should go to the other definition that's in the Book of Knowledge under American middle class. Read it to us. Uh, members of the class belong to diverse groups which overlap each other. Overall, middle-class persons, especially upper-middle-class individuals, are characterized by conceptualizing, creating, and consulting. Thus, college education is one of the main indicators of middle-class status, largely attributed to the nature of middle-class occupations. Middle-class values tend to emphasize independence, adherence to intrinsic standards, valuing innovation, and respecting nonconformity. Politically more active than other demographics, College-educated middle-class professionals are split between the two major parties. Income varies 
near the national median in, to well in excess of $100,000. They do not always reflect class status and standard of living. They are largely influenced by a number of income earners and fail to recognize household size and therefore goes on. It, it talks about what they do and they're professionals. They says they're a very powerful group. They encompass the majority of voters, writers, teachers, journalists. These are not independent people that are entrepreneurs. If they're a teacher or a journalist, for that matter, or editors, most societal trends originate within the middle class. It's a completely different definition than what you have there. So, what is the answer? I still don't. So, wait a minute. Because I don't have a college education, which I don't, I'm I'm therefore lower class. It's one of the main indicators of middle class status. It is not the. What other? Well, I'm not. I'm not doing, so no, no, you're with me. you're totally middle class by this definition. So now I, there's another definition: upper middle class in the United States, which is also in the Wikipedia. These are all written obviously by different sociologists, but it seems to be a group of people that supposedly it, it's supposed to be a shrinking group. But the, by this definition, I don't see how that can be. I would just like some. I would like the president to explain who he's protecting when he says this. I don't know. I find it to be uh, interesting. It's, inter- it's you know, it's all the middle class. The middle class get into the middle class. Everyone wants to get in the stay well, there. I, the I think the way to define it, or the way to figure it out, is 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 by uh, exclusion. Let's define the the lower class, and let's let's define the upper class. And try to figure out what what's not in those two okay, classes, okay. and that would be the middle class. Okay, good. So, what what do we think is uh, is upper class? Uh, Politicians. Uh, I don't think so. Really? Hmm. Yeah. Royalty. The, royalty is royal. Royalty oh, would be upper class. Okay. Definitely. Royalty. So uh, the, land. The, the, the people that have. Uh, how about scientists? The wealthy as opposed to the rich, people that, that, that inherited a lot of money. Okay, but wealthy wealthy starts at how much? Four Just how much money you got or how much you I make? I would say it would be in in excess of $100 million. Okay, oh, that's, a, that's a good measure, $100 million. So if you got $50 million, you're upper middle class. <laughs> yeah. You want to hear Elizabeth Warren on this uh, particular yeah, topic? Sure. Who, who I do not like, by the way. I don't know her. Oh, I don't like her at all. She is a snot. She, yeah. That, no. <laughs> uh, that's an old-fashioned way of describing her, but I like it. Negotiations. What are your thoughts on that? You know, I was really disappointed by the physical cliff negotiations. Uh, seems to me it was something that could have been resolved a month ago, uh, not taken such a toll on our economy. And you mentioned middle class. What, what numbers are we talking about in terms of income level? It's not a numbers issue. You know, I know you would expect a very wonky answer from me, you know, about the percentiles. Well, but it's I, not. I would just because that would be the way you would expect that something would be written in a bill form. It would be people with income no, levels here no, to No, here it's not. Oh, it's, okay. When we strengthen education, when we make it possible for kids to go to college, then we strengthen America's middle class. And that doesn't need a, a dollar figure. The middle class is, by definition, um, a, a group of people in a certain income level. No. See, I, this is, by the way, that's very interesting. Two she things. She said no. You heard I know, no I know, no, no, no. She's very much on, on your side, which is interesting that, you know, the snot agrees with you. But the the reporter here is saying, oh, no, this is by definition, fact, science, and income level. And and so I don't know where she's getting that because I don't have that information. Um, but then Warren also said 
if you send your kid to college, and I, and, I, and I did not complete my college education, so I am already, strike against me here, but it continues for a couple more seconds. But you're not willing to say nope. that they nope. are. Because I actually, I, I disagree with that. I mean, it is one, yeah, well, it's one way to measure. You someone who's making a million dollars in the middle class. Oh, well, wait a minute. I'll do it the other way. Um, how about somebody who's taught school for 10 years and takes off a year to go back to graduate school and has an income of only $4,000 in the year that she's not teaching. Would you say she fell out of the middle class? I wouldn't. So it's a it's a whole lot of, of characteristics that define the middle class. It sounds a little income. like a dodge. No, but it's not a dodge. It's a question of who you're working for. That's the answer. It's who you're working for. That I think is a very, that's the best answer I've heard so far. If you're working for the noodles guy, lower class. <laughs> lower class if you're working for so i think by definition that you and well, wait, i wait, wait. work for ourselves regardless of income or lack thereof we are even though i haven't you know i i, I get to hitch a ride on your education uh, I don't so, think education is a function of this thing. I mean, Bill Gates never graduated from. Would you call him like lower class? I don't think so. No, I'd I mean, call, I'd call him. Steve I'd call Jobs. Him, no, but he has more than the hundred million dollars. Steve yeah, Jobs is quite, dead class. I mean, he doesn't count. It's a, it's a class. <laughs> I th it's a fascinating thing. Just when I think whenever you see a politician talking about the middle class just say excuse me could you please define the middle class no one can do it i don't think anyone can actually well, define they don't the middle want to class bring in what they, what they should do which is bring in marx and just say it's the bourgeoisie which is essentially what elizabeth warren thinks and that's why she talked about you know that she essentially talked about the bourgeoisie being the middle class which is a, which it has nothing to do with income and then the and then the people that drop out maybe the petite bourgeoisie which is the lower middle class because you know you took you, you never go into the lower classes which is different and i think it's essentially just a, a marxist definition that these people are trying to push at us mm. i don't know what what, what it, i mean i it's one of those things the way i see it is something i kind of know it when i see it I know, oh, like, we, I like porn. We, I got it. <laughs> I think when we, yeah, that's not. Yeah, I, it's not class. I think that when we talk about the elites and the middle, we don't talk about the middle class, but we talk about the elites. These people that put themselves above it all. Mm -hmm. I think you you can see it. You you can't necessarily define it. It's like art. Not to be corny about it, but it's kind of like that. Or, or I know porn well, when and, I see it. Well, uh, and I can judge good porn when I see it. But I think that it is extremely interesting. This is this is thrown about so much. I like the question, and I and I and I, you know I just like it. I really really like it. This is something, you know. Whenever some douchebag at work is talking some douche stuff, just ask them to define the middle class and step back. Now, Buzzkill Junior says there's a good definition in the Britannica, but I can't find it. I can't. Uh, he, find he sent me a link. Hold on a second. I have oh, it because you know take a look I actually it. participate in the back channel here. Yeah, okay, well, middle class. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, oh, very interesting. Here we go. Association with aristocracy uh, from 1500 to the present, as feudalism gradually gave way, new classes of citizens arose in England. The appearance of po of a powerful mercantile and business community was reflected in the growth of the middle classes, from which was continually recruited a new nobility and gentry. In turn, owing to the English rule of inheritance by primogeniture and what does that mean Prim primogenitor whatever the fact okay blah 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 
Industrial Revolution. The nature of work shifted in the <sighs> property classes. As well. yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Go, hey, this is my this is my high school education. In the property class, of middle class people, not only factory owners but also merchants and professionals, began to trumpet a new work ethic. According to this ethic, work was the basic human good. He who worked was meritorious and should prosper. He who suffered did so because he did not work. Stupid slave. Idleness and frivolity were officially frowned upon. Uh, Post-World War II. What? Right. And we all we still mock the middle class members, mock the uh, uh, the Euro trash, uh, the, the uh, mm-hmm, what are the mm-hmm. rest of the Trustafarians. Mm-hmm. You know these kids who got nothing but a bunch of money, and they got, you know, they got rasta hair, and they hang out in Aspen, and they don't do anything but spend money. Or the crazy Russians. So I think we- I, th- I think uh, just reading through this is a good document, by the way. Um, so theatrical productions, interesting. If if you look at all these different uh, definitions, underlying the theatrical developments of the 19th century, in many cases inspiring them, were the social upheavals that followed the French Revolution. Throughout Europe, the middle class took over the theaters and affected changes in repertoire, style, and decorum. I, I'm trying. I'm starting to think that middle class is a bunch of arrogant, elitist a holes. <laughs> really, I think we are I just. All you got from here to there. <laughs> We're lower class. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Take a left. <laughs> in, in, yeah, unless you're uh, a, merc- a, mer- a mercantile, unless you're a merchant, unless you uh, uh, run a factory, unless you uh, are um, you know own a theater, then you're lower class. United Kingdom, the term middle class began to be used more frequently in social and political debate. So, too, were working class and classes. So if you work for a living, you're lower class. Well, there used to be something could considered to be the the working class, many of whom uh, – my father was in the working class. He was a foreman and an electrician, and he worked in a steel pl- uh, fabrication place. Mm-hmm. And – he would always brag about the fact that he made a lot more money than the white collar workers did. Uh, but wait, in- but wait, but wait, this is incorrect. According to the president's definition, he sent you to college. Therefore, he's middle class. Right, right. But he never, I mean, he, well, that's the problem because if you're, <laughs> what you're talking about with the merchants yeah. being one thing and then the workers being something else. When the working class makes more than the merchant class, I mean, this is this top, uh, this reverse situation is almost occurs a lot in professional sports. You got a guy who's playing some game and he's making five million dollars or more. Some of these soccer players, for example, yeah. a year, yeah. maybe ten million, ten million a year, and none of his managers, the people that are would be in the middle class or, or even the, sometimes the owners of the teams with that investment, make that much money, right? And but you, so you have this kind of weird thing where you have the lower class making more money than a, than a class that's higher than they are. Or, or you take a look at the the British upper class, which will, if you talk to them or hang out with them at all, they'll tell you that the the entire class in Britain, that upper class, is all broke. They got no money. Right. Yeah. Like they're exactly. Members of yeah. clubs you can't get in. Right. They right. get free stuff. They right. they have all these things where that are beneficial right. to them, even right. though they're they got no money. So it's not a money thing, it, apparently. Uh, it's something else. And, and I, I don't know. It, it reminds me. But I think it's kind it's of a, a self-induced slavery amongst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I, I have to agree. You know it when you see it. 
which of course is, is is totally bogative. You can't just be talking about things like, oh, I know it when I'll see it. Maybe yeah, but the, maybe the post World War II Europe uh, definition will help us. The benefits for ordinary Europeans took many forms. There was easier access to higher education and cheaper mass travel. There was more varied food. There was better health preserved by better medicine. There were new synthetic materials, more plentiful housing, and wider automobile ownership. There were stereophonic recordings, color television, high-fidelity audio equipment, unlike Skype. Are you back with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here. You, you cut out for a second. Um, so I think the uh, the middle-class post-World War II Europe definition is the best. Basically, uh, you know, mass travel, synthetic materials... Stereophonic uh, recordings, uh, color television, high fidelity audio <laughs> I think equipment. You're nailing it. Yeah, this is it. More varied food. HD. Yeah, more. <laughs> if you have an HD television, you are middle class. There you go. Done. Done. Uh, yeah, the, the upper class wouldn't have the television to be hanging out with Spielberg. No, they're in the theater. Yeah, they got no time for any of this bull crap. Well, I, well, well I still think I like there's, a, there's this – essentially we've created a class of people that have turned themselves into wage slaves. And that's, that is the middle class. Yeah. Okay. They're essentially slaves. They can't uh, really survive without a job. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Which brings us, of course, to a clip that we'll play in a little while, I hope. The s- slave clip. <laughs> I'm not playing no slave clip. Not yet, no. not yet. When you're in the mood, play it. Yeah, okay. So what else you got? Um, I guess you got that off your chest. Well, I think it's a very good conversation to have. Yeah, I, I agree. Hey, look, I, we're I, not I, sitting here. The definition here, is very nebulous, let's put it that we're way. We're not sitting here like CNN saying, it's clearly a, 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 an income level. You know, I'm not st- saying that as fact, like the, the idiot from CNN. You know, where? Yeah, no, I agree. Where has this conversation actually taken place? Have you seen it's only on the No Agenda show? Thank you, thank you. Especially in, in to this depth, this level of depth. Yes, which might have been a little too deep, honestly. No, no, I don't think so. That was uh, interesting. I was, I wasn't. I would have cut it off. I know, <laughs> which is what you do. <laughs> so here we go. Here we go. Uh, I, here we go. I'm watching a bunch of stuff on C-SPAN yes. when I'm not watching the Calgary sling box that one of our yeah. oh, producers yeah, so yeah, kindly yeah. gave us Very to nice. look at, yeah. which is, by the way, quite interesting. The Canadian, just watching Canadian news constantly is good. Anyway, the uh, they had a bunch of stuff going on on a bunch of securities. They had a big security forum with a bunch of bullcrap artists. Squirrel. I mean, yeah. unbelievable bullcrap at the security conference. But then also they had a little roundtable of journalists mm, uh, nice. with people discussing, again, computer security. And this Hummer comes on. They have this one guy who's pretty interesting, but he's kind of a monotone. I do have a clip from him that's, that's, that I've never heard of this information before. And then another guy. And then this monotone woman comes on whose name – I have it somewhere. I, I put this name down. She Anyway, she writes for Politico. So that's kind of uh, a giveaway. Um, really? Hey, can I just say something about this for one moment, about, about yeah. Politico and all? All of these blogs that have all these reporters that apparently are making money, they've got to be taking money from things other than advertising. Do you know what I mean? Don't yeah. you get that feeling? Don't you feel like there's just no way that these blogs can be making enough money to support all of these journalists who are all in the 
clearly in the upper middle class. You know, they get to sit on panels and forums and do all this stuff. Don't you think that they're on the take somewhere that that, that, that smells bad? There's something uh, there's something that doesn't make a lot of sense. I agree with you. But they, a lot of them are funded by venture capitalists and hoping to turn the company around. Oh, this okay. woman is a, right. Eliza Frigman. Oh. Which kind of kind of the way, and she when she talks, she's very animated. She's she's like a, an animated Hummer. And, and tell me that she's not a classic Hummer. Just hey, uh, for Cliff Stern, is this is a Hummer of the month? Is that uh... Hummer of the month? It's correct on the uh, Energy and Commerce Committee. Is that right? No, he is taking over the position that Mary Bono Mac had on the um, Commerce, Manufacturing, and Trade right. Subcommittee, um, and. <laughs> um, it is, and Marsha Blackburn, in, t- in terms of new leadership position, is going to be the vice chair of the full Energy and Commerce Committee. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, how and whether she tries to assert her authority in that new role. She has actually told me that she's interested in tackling something related to piracy, but I would agree with Brendan that um, it's it's very unlikely. There, I mean, I, I think a broader, more important point of this discussion is that. The ghost of the SOPA PEPA revolt haunts this Congress now, and all members are extremely wary of trying to enact law um, with technology they perhaps don't have an expertise on and don't understand all the ramifications. Okay, okay. What was her name again, please? I need to look something very important. I need to look something up. What's her name? Eliza, Eliza Frigman. Eliza, Eliza with a Z? Eliza... Yeah, e- Eliza, E-L-I-Z-A. Oh, El- Eliza Frigman. Um, is, does could she have a Wikipedia? Krigman. could be Krigman. Does she have a Wikipedia entry? I think it's Krigman. It might be Krigman. Oh, Krigman. Yes, it is Krigman. Because uh, she must be single. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think when the prodigy wrote Smack My Bitch Up, I think he had, had probably just met her. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, can you just imagine, like, and this is the conversation about taking the trash out. It could have been, I don't know what the hell she just said. Uh, no, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> she dropped a lot of names, <laughs> humped that. a lot, said, um, um, And she's kind of cute, unfortunately. Well, she, when you see her in animation form, she's not she's as cute. She's not so she cute is. anymore. <laughs> animation form. <laughs> I don't see a, a, you know, she doesn't have a, a Wikipedia entry. Yeah, she's just another political, you know, I don't know, writer. I have no idea what she does. Oh, man, oh, man. But anyway, that was the Hummer. But she wasn't as bad. I have to give this. this uh, there's a couple of, uh, I got a couple of clips from a guy who was, I get, the, one of the things is, I think the main one here is, wow, BSR. So let me set it up. This was a big uh, meeting. Mm-hmm. And this guy is, let's see if I can find his name here. Uh, I think it's. I think, yeah, this guy, Rafael Rohozinski, and he's from the SecDev Group, CEO, and he's like an expert uh, consultant on security issues. Oh, brother. You know, these guys get one good gig. Like, you get a credit somewhere, and you're set for life, SecDev. And you want to hear – now, I want you to listen to this carefully. I want everyone out there to listen to this carefully. This guy says – 
absolutely nothing oh. in the most convoluted way I've ever heard. It's a jaw-dropper. So one that. thing I would say, I think the enduring lesson that comes out of Stuxnet and Olympic Games is that it proved once and for all that you can weaponize cyberspace and treat it as if it was any other weapons platform, meaning that there is propagator code that will deliver code which is finally targeted to affect only one certain place onto target. I think it's nonsense to talk about cybersecurity without thinking about it in terms of offense and defense. When we train our infanteers and send them on peacekeeping missions, they're not going to be moving backwards. They're trained in advanced to contact as well as defensive. We need to be thinking in terms of cyber in exactly the same kind of way. Because cyber weapons are largely defined in terms of legal liability, what you're talking about, who they affect, what they affect, and because code gives us the ability to actually make that quite precise. Again, Olympic Games, I think, proves that. I think it's a reality that we have to get over. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait, you know, because when you weaponize cyberspace, it doesn't mean that whether you're going forward or backward. I mean, when you have Olympic Games or Stuxnet, there's absolutely no difference whatsoever when the sec dev goes into the battlefield, which is completely in your mind's eye. And it's a reality we have to get over. Fact. What does that mean? What, what is a reality we have to get over? Fact. Now, he's, he used a word in there. He said infanteers. Yeah. Oh, when the infanteers wow. go into the, I didn't hear when that. The inf infanteers? Yeah, he said when when our infanteers go into the field. Now, is he talking about child labor? Wait a minute, wait, I mean, a, wait, is, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me hear this. Advanced to contact as well as defensive. We need to be thinking in terms of cyber in exactly the same kind of way. Because cyber weapons are largely defined. In Was it before that? Must have been before that. No, I think it And how is a cyber weapon defiant? Hold on, hold on. Infanteers and send Yeah, here it is, here it is. There it is, there it is. Hold on, let me just back it up a sec. Defense. When we train our infanteers and send them on peacekeeping missions. Infanteer? Wow. When we train our infanteers and send them on peacekeeping. What does that mean? Wow. Let's let's look at the book of knowledge and see if the word even exists. Okay, let me hit the jingle. Infanteers. What, remember that? Wasn't there a thing? Infanteers. It's, oh my God. it's a it's word. It's an actual word. Oh, my God. Infanteers. So, wow. It's the plural form of oh. infantier. How do you feel now? Well, here it? it is. <laughs> a soldier employed in any infantry, infantry role, an infantryman. That shows you. The Highlanders, the Sovereign Pipers, no one uses this word. Yeah, it's uh, a UK yeah, word. You know For who one uses thing, it? it's a UK usage. You know it's British it? English. People in the upper middle class use that word, John, and they've got a job. J-O-B-M-F. That's why. Infantier. This guy's not British. The UK English, it says right here. What, what? Okay, well, here's – let me give you one more. This is, I got to do this one then since you enjoyed that guy so much. Oh, boy. Uh, there's a second clip of him. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wasn't there a oh, – wasn't there a um, a generator online where you could get all this web web economy bull crap? Yeah, there was a. There used to be one of those, and there was also something like there's also a bingo game. What was the name of that thing? Hold on, grow intuitive functionalities. There you go. I found one. Integrate visionary convergence. Engineer integrated web services by repurposing compelling e-business to morph visionary web services while optimizing integrated bandwidth to expedite proactive e-markets. That, my friend, <laughs> is how you empower yeah. killer web readiness.
Yeah. How yeah. good was that? Makes nothing but sense. This is the best podcast in the universe. Here's the guy. Now he's answering a question here, by the way, and he never answers the question or even comes close. But re- this one here, it will blow your mind. This is the amazing BSer attribution question. Rafael, I'm going to push back on you just a little bit on the attribution question. By the way, when some, I'm going to push back a little bit on you. Oh, yeah. especially no, no, this whole thing, oh. which you don't see is that big a challenge, I guess. If I um, bought a laptop with cash um, and I created malware uh-huh. and I stripped all the identifiers out of it and I then traveled to a foreign city and I went into an Internet cafe with unsecure Wi-Fi and I launched my malware and I then erased my disk and I dumped that computer in a dumpster. That malware in that one computer could be enough to bring down the critical infrastructure of a, of a city. Could you track me down? Could you find me? Did people pay money to go to this conference? I mean, seriously? <laughs> I'd be like, boo! Boo! Get off the stage, you infantier! Let me, let me answer your question by actually tying into something that the general was talking about. Here we go. I think we forget that times of conflict are generally a great catalyst for technological and organizational advancement. We saw the emergence of the concepts of airland battle, for example, coming out of World War I, developing through World War II, through the Cold War era. We have Teflon as a consequence of the space age. <laughs> yes, yeah, so was Tang. I think the main innovation coming out of the last 10 years of the global war on terror has been a revolution in the way that we apply intelligence and warfare. Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, currently the head of the DIA, but previously Director for Intelligence with JSOC in Afghanistan and in Iraq, said, and I think quite presciently, in the 21st century, in the cyber era, intelligence and information are maneuver and fire. The ability to be able to generate data from vast distributed services, to aggregate it, to correlate it, to share it effectively, to create actionable items, is a huge advancement, which was responsible for, for example, the ability to interdict IED networks in Iraq before they were able to form. Okay, I'm going to shoot myself now. The ability to interdict IED networks in Iraq? Seriously, dude? Okay. That same kind of (laughs) cross-disciplinary, polymorphic analysis made possible by the fusion of data and analytical systems is exactly what would solve the problem of attribution. I'm sorry, because when you re-intermediate open source portals, you're engineering intuitive platforms that maximize impactful models and strategize cross-media eyeballs. In no way can you exploit cross-platform interfaces by integrating sticky schemas that evolve one-to-one infrastructures. It has to be a a central point of streamlining one-to-one systems where you aggregate intuitive infrastructures. Perfect. Thank you. You, you and this guy should. Tra- you can, you can, <laughs> I should be wait, on the day. Is that? <laughs> wait, what do you mean website? Somewhere. That's just me, man. That's just me being awesome. <laughs> well, what you web, are awesome. What website is that? Wow. So this woman that wow. that's, that's headlining. No, this no, no, thing, no, 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 no. Don't make me listen to more. You can't. No, I'm not, tell no more of that guy. Okay, please. This huh. one. This one here is actually actually something I want to comment on. By the way, so just to give you a, a feel, a sense of this, since the Canadians want us to do so much more with their Canadian stuff, this is the Halifax International Security Forum. So that kind of gives you a uh, right, kind of a feeling right. for the for the the international nature of this the, this event. Right. With this, 
this bullcrapper and this and this woman. But she makes an interesting uh, question. The cyber attack on the grid uh, thing that she brings up. I just want to deconstruct it. It's a question she asks, like that other dumb question about the computer that's thrown in the dumper yeah, with my malware. With your malware. Uh, How's your malware doing? I don't, it's in my pants still. I haven't pulled out my this, malware. By the way, this woman is uh, Jean oh, well, Mio something or other. She's a M, some company I've never heard of. Anyway, and she, by the way, she looks, you know, there's a certain look of women that now, are, What's uh, her name? Now, give me her name properly now. Now oh, I got I Now I got to look at her. G-E-A-N-N-E. I think it's M-E-O-R. I don't know, R-E-I-P or something like that. Morioip? Morio, Morioip or something. No, I don't know. No, that's what I wrote it down. No, MeServe. Look for the company MeServe. You'll find it. MeServe? Yeah, MeServe. M-E-S-E-R-V-E? Yeah. MeServe? Yeah, I think she's at George Washington University as a... As a MeServe Mumper and Hughes? No, I don't know what. No, no but she's thanks. at George Washington University, look, look, and thanks. and when you look at her, spook. Yeah, thank. Well, thanks. So I have nothing to look at. Thanks. I really. Oh, I'm helpful. sorry. I do the best I can. Helpful. Helpful. Okay. No, so so she. This is the kind of bogative question that you're gonna that that has. Here's what bothers me. You go. You hear these things, and you have someone who's the narrator, the person at the at the, at the podium that's asking questions, and within the question itself, there is like. Full, Bad information, it's false information, false assumptions, and it's all thrown in as fact as part of a question. I think it's a very subtle form of brainwashing. And see if you can find a few thing, items on here that as she says them, they're just not possibly true. I want to have a little fun here and lay out a scenario and see how our panelists would deal with this. Let's say there are coordinated cyber attacks on Canada's power grid. Oh, oh, hold on, I'm hyperventilating. Man, we have such a future in the conference business. I'm telling you. <laughs> Can you imagine if we dressed up and we had our suits on and everything, and we and we and we and we talk like you know, like I was just talking a minute ago, and we just yeah. threw this stuff out. Blow their minds. Oh my god! And and we have Uncle Don just do an appearance. Keynote, keynote by Donald Gregg. Awesome. That'd be good. Awesome. Generators are destroyed. The grid comes down. <laughs> Timber. <laughs> the grid's coming down. People do not have gas. People cannot use their ATM machines. Uh, the power loss has spread to the United States because of the way the grid is constructed. Transportation comes largely to a halt. Financial institutions are unable to do what they do. You've got a big problem on your hand. Minister Taves, let me ask you. Who's to blame for this attack? People have been warning about the vulnerability for, of the grid for almost a decade. It's the Republicans, of course. Obviously. A couple of things in there. There's a bunch of stuff in there. People should re-listen to this. But for some reason, the, I guess the gas lines and the uh, <laughs> power lines are somehow interconnected. <laughs> I just And then, then, wait a minute, then my favorite one, transportation will come largely to a halt. Yes. What? Yes. How? Listen, I know all, all I know. All I know about whatever she just said, I I cannot wait for the day. Because I'll be like, hey, radio, baby, we are rocking it. And then you'll be like, we'll be on the CW, baby, on the USB and the SSB. <laughs>
Anyway, that's my little thing. I just thought it was. Wow. Something. I was just. I, I had. To, I ended up watching this piece of crap. No, no, I, no. I, I applaud you for it because that actually made me feel really, really happy. That that I know that you know when uh, when all donations come to a screeching halt eventually, or one of us dies, and if it's not me, then I know I still have a future. As a cyber <laughs> on the CW. As, as a, as a, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. On the sec dev CW. Hey, man, do we want to play that clip before we uh, uh, do our short list here? The, the, the slave yeah, we got thing? a short list. This, I thought this was an interesting clip. This was, a again, uh, this was on Book TV, which is a C-SPAN product. And the guy was he wrote about the And by the way, race. It's, it's not an outstanding product like our show. It, nine times out of ten, book TV. Oh no, ninety-nine percent is incredibly boring. Atrocious, we have to yeah. we watch it, but it, yeah, it's you're right. What am I thinking? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so uh, this was a, a little segment on uh, the race riots of I think eighteen thirty-four and how Francis Scott Key apparently was this horrible racist. But you mean the as, guy who wrote uh, Star Spangled Banner? <laughs> apparently, yeah. Really, he was yeah, a racist. Yeah. Oh, uh, the worst, apparently. And, and this was a show on television? Yeah. yeah. Great. Oh, man. So anyway, so this guy's giving a lecture about his book, and he has this one anecdote, and I said to myself, holy crap, things really haven't changed that much. In fact, a lot of, you know, since we refer to our, a lot of our listeners as slaves, I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> this is interesting, because this guy would probably be a list, this guy, this guy in Washington, D.C., this slave, would probably be a no-agenda listener. If you were a, a black person in Virginia and you got your freedom, you had to leave the state within a year by law or you could be sold back into slavery. And so those people, once they got there, they weren't going to go to Boston or New York, even though there was no slavery in those places. But, I mean, first of all, you know, Philadelphia was a four or five day ride uh, at, at best. And then it's an alien culture. It's not a southern culture. So. Uh, the blacks, once they got their freedom, they went to the district and they flocked to the district and there were jobs there. There was opportunity there. Slavery was legal there, but, you know, the, the system of slavery in Washington, again, this was a, a big surprise to me. You know, this was not plantation slavery. Um, Mrs. Thornton, uh, Mrs. Thornton had a, a, a guy who, a servant who, who she owned, a man named George Plant, and he was her driver. And he was kind of the jack-of-all-trades who kept the house up and fixed the wagons and did all of that. Well, George, George Plant had a, a wife who was free, and she lived in Georgetown. And he had four kids, and they were free. And he would go home at night. And, so, and then in the morning, he'd go, so he was a slave who commuted. <laughs> in the morning. In the morning to you. A slave who commuted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah. yeah. What's changed? <laughs> nothing. Absolutely nothing. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, good one. Good one. Anyway, so uh, let's thank a few people who helped us out on this show, which is starting with Dr. Nenninger, um, Sir Natural, as he likes to be called, from Port Jefferson, New York, $133.32. Credit uh, Sir Natural getting the year started right by thanking you both for the laughs only you two can provide. You are not going to hear about the noodle boy driving his Google car anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Leo actually inspired me to donate by his recent interview with a New World Order guy, author of <laughs> Rationally Irrational. <laughs> Wait telling, a minute. Thank you, Leo. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Leo. Yeah, telling thank Leo you. how the Greeks need to be re-educated and how we need to be nudged to change the car our carbon behavior. I'm thinking to myself, actually fuming 
the Greeks have the highest per capita production. And, you know, anyway, it goes on. Realize it's all thanks to my no agenda cation, 99 plus 99 plus 33, uh, 99, 99 plus 33, 33 in my new lapel pin. Oh, I almost forgot. Italian niece, shut up, slave, and karma, please. We're going to have trouble shut with keeping track. Shut up, slave. You thought karma. Yeah, we're we're gonna have a lot of trouble tracking this. We, yeah, because you, if you, get, I would just mention this to people who help us do the show with these uh, contributions. Send the thirty three in separately so we can pull it out easier because it's gonna be hard to go back and figure out somebody put this much and that much and then add a thirty three to it. It'd be better, right? Just for our own use, and then put a little note in there. Pin. For, for our staff, for our staff of none. <laughs> Ocean Dreams, Rocky Mountain. Look at this. Uh, my Rocky Mountain Dave in Loveland, Colorado. Uh oh. 69! 69, dude! He needs a de douching because he hasn't donated in a while. And he needs a two delicious don't eat me Hillary one hot MILF karma. I know it's four, but I couldn't resist the lineup on a producer note. I'd like to remind all the donors out there that when they donate to the best podcast in the universe, they get a double credit for every dollar. Not only the initial credit, but also build up to knighthood. ITM. So what did he want now? De-douching, don't eat me. Yeah. What is it? Eat me. Hot milf. Oh, and, and a baby milf. That makes it. That makes it a little more complicated. Okay. Uh... <laughs> You've been de-douched. Don't eat me, Hillary Clinton. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. You've got karma. That's one hot milf, baby. And then, without comment, uh, Kevin Grant in Vancouver. Cool, British Columbia, sixty nine, sixty nine, and uh, Christoph Eilers. In uh, let me have Eilers may have since so I couldn't find a note from. Hey, he's uh, from uh, Amstelveen, Eilerstede. Which yeah, is, here's uh, his, he isn't. Eilerstede is where all the. Uh, he's probably a student. That's where the students live in Eilerstede. Uh, he uh, nice. sent us a note before, but he didn't send us one for this particular uh, donation, sixty nine, sixty nine. Uh, I will read his old note, though, just because I know you'll get a kick out of it. Okay. He likes a karma, which would be Atlas Shrug Tutor the Head karma. <laughs> is that the whole note? No, it says, kudos to the best podcast in the universe. There's no other, which is almost exactly similar. I'll start working for a big oil company soon and definitely need a karma shot. Shout out to Arian de Youngsta as a douchebag. Oh, well, he may have been douchebag, but he gets another one then. Okay. You no, know, he's got two of them now. And, and then he needs the... And so, uh... By Ayn Rand. <laughs> You've got karma. Hey, now. Kyle Bauer in Wooster, Ohio, 6969. Hey, citizens. Hey, just, citizen. just keeping the streak going along and working toward knighthood and looking for karma and ITM. I'm also participating in the emergency backup recordings from the high and low-fi streams now twice a week. If for some reason they're needed to contact me for hourly dumps. I need You're a dump. taking a dump every hour. you got a problem. Uh, thanks for the hours of excellent information and commentary. Swazelnuff stays around till Thursday. And here's your karma shot. You've got karma. Thanks for keeping the, the streak alive, Kyle, and thank you for the... Uh, for the emergency backup recordings. We've been lucky so far. Knock on wood. Ikea. It may not be wood. Actually, it might not be. It's probably not wood. 
perfectly entertaining, or also known as Tim English in San Diego and Chula Vista, California, the Saskatoon of the, or he calls uh, San Diego the Saskatoon of the United of the American Nuts, U.S. of American Nuts. Atlas Shrugged is easily the worst book I've ever read. <laughs> Very good. I think you know what Eric gave me a copy of a, a big giant copy of Atlas Shrugged for Christmas. <laughs> good job, Shill. <laughs> was this was this like a, a joke gift? Was it in covered in molasses? I don't know why he did it. Because I think you. as retribution for John having to put up with that damn Atlas Shrugged jingle, John should be allowed to use a clip that will bug Adam. Obvious choice, Honey Boo Boo. She has many cute catchphrases like. A dollar makes me holla. In fact, that would be a great opener for the donation segment. And then he has a link to the clip. Well, how come you, how come you didn't prep me on that? I'd be happy to go find that. Hold on a second. Keep reading. I'll uh, I'll get the clip. Anyway, so assuming it downloads okay, I would like to show his first honey boo-boo karma. So you can play that and give him a karma. Well, hold on a it. second. Yeah, well, hold on. let me just... Uh, I mean, this is, uh, this is bad preparation. I mean, uh, does, uh, does Buzzkill... No, here's the no, here's the deal. We have to do this very late, just before the show begins. So it's mm-hmm. a, so anything that's in this segment is not going to really be overly prepared unless it gets caught like during the process of the donations. Very unlikely. My dollar makes me holla, honey, boo boo. <laughs> you forgot God. karma. Oh God! Even yeah. I don't like that. No, I love it. I love it. Let me just hear that one again. That's really, really, really bad. Oh my God! It, it, so this is a little kid, right? This yeah. Is, this is a little kid who says a dollar makes me holla. Does anyone see how wrong this actually is? I mean, a dollar makes me holla, honey, boo boo. Wow, sick pedo crap, man. Uh, the all whole right. thing is bad. Yeah, all right. Ulrich Hansen in uh, some play, Copenhagen. Is that right? I think looks so. like. Uh, yeah, greetings from Copenhagen soaked nuts. Here's some Swazelnuff cash instead of water and blankets. Please remember to use the balanced news diet promo jingle more often. It rocks. Oh, wow. Uh what was what was the balanced He's confused me now. Was that the Yes, yeah, the balanced news diet. It's a listen to no agenda. It's a balanced news diet, something like that. I think it was hold on a second. News diet? See, uh, no health. It's a part of a healthy diet, I think, is what. A uh, healthy diet. Healthy right. diet. Yes. Okay, we got it here for a second. Hold on. All right, I got it for you. If you wake up with the blues, trying to fill your day with news, there's one thing you must remember: no agenda in the morning. For a healthy, balanced news diet, try noagendashow.com. Sixty-nine, sixty-nine, dudes. Oh, Done. And that closes the sixty-nine, sixty-nine sure donation does. segment. Sure does. Uh, Gerald uh, Gionette, Sir Gerald, to you in London, Ontario, sixty-six, sixty-six. Here's my sixty-six. It's covered the thirty-three, thirty-three for shipping and handling on the ring, and thirty-three, thirty-three for shipping and handling on the pin. Want to thank the show for the karma shot I request for my daughter Amber who's been looking for work for a year and was running out of option. You played the karma jingle on the 16th of December, and what do you know, three days after the show, she got a call that she had been offered a position. You can't believe how shocked, shocked, I tell you, my family was when I played them the podcast and they realized that the job could have only come from my karma request. Thanks for all the great content and opening everyone's mind to all options. Wow, I'm humbled. 
That's good. Yes, that's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'm very happy for her. She got a gig. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Great. But he needs a job. Kevin Ayers in Broomfield, Colorado. Double nickels on the uh, double fives on the sticks. Oh, fuck. Is that it? Oh, no, I'm sorry. My back just went out. Oh, geez. It did? Yeah, I'm in this Ikea chair. It's it's spasming. Oh, gee. Oh, wow. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Take aspirin. Go get Mickey to give you some aspirin. She's not here. She's it. not here. She's not here. I can't get. I, there's nowhere I can go. Maybe I, maybe I can reach the Jameson bottle. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm lucky. Yeah. Let me, let me yeah. see. If I, let me That's, see. Do it. Let me see if I can That's reach. What Hold on. I, I can get it. I get. Okay, I'll read I this while it. he's running. I got it. I got it. I got Hello, it. Hello, John and Adam. Thank you for your podcast. It's the I best got the bottle. Here we go. Oh uh, yeah. Good. <laughs> mm. Okay. Let's go. It's the best in the universe. So here's my first 2013 donation in my name. Last name I donated. I used my mother's PayPal account. And when she heard her name being said on the show, she got scared. The government would put her in some <laughs> terrorist list. <laughs> well, well, get her to join Google Plus and then she's guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I would like to wish John, Adam, and everybody who's donated karma. We need to uh, keep this show going. And a little ditty on the slide whistle for me. Okay. You've got karma. Okay. Uh, and I, let me go down. Benjamin Oliver in Market Drayton, Shropshire, in Birmingham, UK. Shropshire. Hey, Barrack and Joe. I've been what? a listener for about two months now and figured my time has come to pitch in. Airport security broke my tablet. Oh, no. And giving some cash towards a new one. I thought I'd give you a slice. I got back from Amsterdam an hour ago, long airport connection, so, so I went into town. I only have sympathy for you, Adam. It's gray and miserable and damp. And as much as I love the city, I just wanted to go home. And he's going to England. <laughs> See what I mean? This is my point exactly. It's worse here. On that plane back, the sky above the clouds was Hollywood-esque. A million different colors as the sun came down. I felt bad that you were stuck down there, so I hope this helps ease the pain. 5152. Uh, can I get some karma? Spanish ITM, please. I'm directing a TV pilot. How can I get some? I need some, some acting credits here. I'm directing a TP, TV pilot at the end of the month, and I have no bloody idea what I'm doing. I, well, so what? You fit right in. You'll be perfect. You're right, you're right there. I think at some point I say fuck and action. So far, that's all I've got. Anyway, the pay is crap, so I can't donate often, but I smack a lot of mouths. Not difficult when so much of what you say is spot on. Jackpot and buzzkill my arse. This is the least bullcrappy news show around. Adios. <laughs> hey, Ben. Uh, first of all, um, next, uh, send me an email if you ever come to Amsterdam again because I can hook you up with the free no agenda Wi-Fi that is uh, throughout the entire airport. You know, we have our, uh, our, our secret uh, access point. Well, it's not just one point. The entire airport is no agenda wired to one of our uh, sysadmin producers. Uh, but I, uh, I can only give you the information privately if you – well, kind of privately if you email me. And uh, and secondly, thank you so much. Here is uh, your requested uh, karma. You've got karma. Awesome. Borislav Marinov. Hey, 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 sir. Sir, sir. To you. yes, sir. Borislav, to you. Aliso Viejo, fifty bucks. 
Please send some karma to Knight Yassin for his surgery next Thursday. Uh, this Friday, by the way, this Friday, for the first time in three months, the naked scanners were on. I asked for a female assistant, and they all <laughs> laughed at me. Ah, ha, ha, and sent a male one. He said he claimed that he does not like touching other men, but this is his job. Please send him some job karma. Maybe he can get a better job. You've got uh, karma. Hey, maybe we could, Sir Barris Marinoff, should, we should hook him up with, uh, with Ben from Birmingham. You know, maybe they'd make a great TV show. He's a good writer. <laughs> It's funny. Ben and, it's funny. Ben and Boris. It's, been, it's the everybody. Ben and Boris show. Everybody, how you doing? In the morning. Ben and Boris in the morning. Von Klitschka in Salem, Oregon, $50. I started a website called 5minutelogo.com, and every month I'll take $50 of what I make and donate it to your show. That's five with the number five minute logo, all one word. No karma necessary. Can I just get Jeb to say in his wonderful, cranky way, that's not a good logo? I think you should give him a couple variations just in case. That's not a good logo? No, now do it like that's, that's not, not a cranky voice. Now, now do it like that. This is not a great question. That's not a good logo? Nailed it. Perfect. Perfect. Mac Harbor LLC is our last donor for today. And Sheboygan, Sheboygan. Michigan, 50 bucks, and that'll conclude our uh, donation segment for this show. Mm. 476, we'd like to uh, get everyone encouraged to yeah. donate a little more for the next more, Thursday please. show. Yeah. Uh, go to Dvorak.org slash NA. Yeah, really critical because this, uh, you know, we're at the beginning of the new year. We know the new year is always very, very slow. Um, I will tell you, uh, you don't have to feel sorry for me, but, uh, you know, screw it. Feel sorry for me. This whole thing, this being stuck here, has cost Ms. Mickey and I $15,000. Uh, she will be driving in the Range Rover for a, another year, <laughs> for sure. That was like the, the, the car I was saving up for a, a car. Gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, you don't have to feel sorry for me. Whatever. I, it's, it's fine. Uh, I, just, I feel sorry for you. If, if, you know, but, I mean, I like Amsterdam as much as the next guy, but when I go over there, I'm there for four days max. Yeah. You know, you get a bunch of stuff done. You look around. You take a lot of photos. I like It's a very photogenic uh, place. Yeah. And then you hit one museum or two. I mean, there's always a museum to check out. And then you leave or have a good dinner somewhere. There's yeah. a couple of good places. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, uh, people have uh, have written to me many times over and said that they feel that um, the in exileness has improved the show, which which worries me to to a, to a high level. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> the worry really bothers me. Now I think it, it it's true, I and you it know. Now what happens? I think every time we have something like this, the show just gets a little more international. Or you or you have these. You know, I think people like your anecdotes. I think they like him when you talk about the farmer's market in Austin and some right. of these crazy people right. you've run into. It's just, I think that we start to show off with a lot of personal I, anecdotes, I and I think you tell a great tale. And your stories about Amsterdam are always kind of like, wow, what? Right. Which is always what you want people to think when they go, what? So, <laughs> what? <laughs> and in fact, there are, there are tens of people around going, what? So when I get back to Austin, uh, I have to continue my personal anecdotes, but then I have to get into trouble after the have to like uh 
you know, I don't think that's necessary. A good person, you, you know, just get out of the house more. That's I think what people are appreciating. Right. I, I love. Uh, I love up in your Adobe, you know, there in Austin. I love the the Dutch contingent in the chat room. Hey, leave the Netherlands alone if you can't handle it. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> the what? The one guy? No, nah, no, nah, we get a couple. We get a couple. I love. <laughs> like Adam is still at his millionaire spending level. Oh yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Wow. Hey, Spreeu, blow me. My goodness. All right, whatever. You know what? Just uh, fine. Best podcast in the universe. Go ahead and bitch at me all you want. It's fine. Yeah. Fine. Top it. (laughs) Don't top me. Please don't top me, Hillary Clinton. Anyway, uh, if you want to support the best podcast in the universe, uh, then uh, you certainly can do that at Dvorak.org. Slash N A. So we do not have any birthdays today, interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, oh, hold on a second. Maybe if I uh, let me see whose birthday it is on Facebook. I think we have a bunch of. Uh, Doesn't Facebook tell stuff. me whose birthday? Yeah, we do. Isn't supposed. Yeah, Randy Roberts' birthday is today. Remember Randy Roberts? No. He was uh, Randy Roberts. Oh, maybe this is a different Randy Roberts. No. Uh, wasn't he the, like the crazy guy on the MTV? Whoa. You all right? Me. I had to sneeze. Yeah, okay. I'm sneeze again. Randy Roberts. Oh. No, no, I don't know who Randy Roberts. Maybe he's a producer. Randy Roberts. I don't know who he is. Doesn't Paul matter. Roberts. Whatever. Whatever. Um, yes, we do have. Uh, actually, um, we have. Uh, so we're gonna do anonymous China instead of Zing Jiang, right? Because that's not his real name. But it's going to be anonymous China. Uh, ben Blondin, who um, I think he he uh, uh, we had this conversation on Thursday that his um, his accounting was off, but we had not calculated the 120 cash he had given on the Hot Pockets tour. So he is receiving his well deserved knighthood as of today, and we have a special knighting. One of the two, if you'll recall, uh, knighthoods that were completely financed by the Baron by the Baron of uh, Belgium and France. Uh, Baron Stephen Pelsmachers, yeah, or as we like to call him, Baron von he gave, Pelsmachers. He gave away three, so we we're giving her two. Didn't we two already of, do one? I thought we already uh, depleted one. I don't know that we did. Okay, well, I think there's. I think you're still owing one. Okay, so this is at least one of the the three that uh, the Baron gave away, and we're giving that to uh, someone who has worked very very hard, uh, particularly in uh, 2012, worked his ass off, and even today. Was uh, kicking ass on uh, on the stream. We had a, a power cut at the data center, uh, which he manages all by himself. Void Zero uh, will become. Um, I, I was thinking of. A, we'll call him the 19-inch knight. I thought that'd be kind of cool, since uh, that, he, he has 19-inch racks all the time. He's 19-inch what? Oh, racks. Racks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Be, so, yeah. Those are the professional size rack. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> I thought you meant something else. <laughs> well, that's exactly why I came up with it. So if, uh, if huh. you can uh, get your uh, your sword, then we'll yeah, hold on. There go. All right, Void Zero, Anonymous China, and Ben Blondin, please come forward as I hereby am very proud to pronounce thee Knights of the Noah Gender Roundtable, and you will hereby be Void Zero, the 19-inch knight, the Anonymous China, sir, that is, and Sir Ben Blondin. Come on down, gents. All of you are now welcome at the round table of the No Agenda Knights. Hookers and blow, red boys and chardonnay, hot pants and booze, wenches and beer, Ruben S. Lumen and rosé, geishas and sake, vodka and vanilla, bong hits and bourbon, sparkling cider and escorts and mutton and mead for you. And you'll be receiving one of those handsome, handsome 
night pins, which, um, are they really handsome? Have we designed them yet? Oh, that's a good point. What I'd like to do is I'd like to throw out an open RFP. An RFP. <laughs> an RFP. Hold, hold on a second. We'd like to have, uh, we'd like to recontextualize the holistic action items of our RF, RFP to aggregate robust networks into our real time paradigms. So, for any, we have a lot of artists and they, they listen to the show and they're looking for a little gimmicks. To look around and we're, we'll pick one. If somebody wants to design this thing, we want to design a night pin that and look at the canadian ones look at other pins of the, the high the high high-end pins the ones that like the canadians when they give their knights they put a ribbon around but they also give them a, this pin and they get to wear the pin and the pin is like you can see other people you're gonna have to wear the pin all the time but now we'll wear pins and uh, if you got a jacket and uh, so you wear the pin and you can find other knights out of the blue oh my goodness you're like a knight no agenda, you know agenda, you know agenda, no agenda. Oh, no agenda. oh my goodness. Oh, sh- 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 hey, are you a knight of the round table? Yeah. Right. And so uh, we'll, uh, but we need a design. So let's, we're, we're opening up the bidding for designs. Anyone who wants to contribute an idea, design any such thing. The logo guy, for example, that makes the logos, uh, he might come up with the five minute logo guy, make a 10 minute pin logo. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. No, I think so it'll be a few months before anybody gets a pin because we have no design. So, but well, we'll get it. It took two years before we sent out the first ring. So, okay. You know, well, okay. But now, now we're ahead of the game. We're ahead of our, our typical schedule. Is, is yes, yeah, okay. right. We would have kept forgetting to ask for the, the designs right. for probably six months. And to support but, the program one more time. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Hey, wow. Yo, dude. Um, so something came across my desk which is round and from Ikea. And, um, and I was trying to figure it out, why all of a sudden this? And then I started to combine a couple things, uh, including a, uh, an amendment to an executive order, which I didn't even know was possible, but apparently it is. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, th- you know, we have um, producer Chad in, uh, in Colorado, yeah. and he, he's, uh, he's like a federal register nut. Yeah, every, no, he's great. Yeah, every, and he also is a actually he is he's an EMT. Uh, he saves lives, um, but he should be a writer because he's the one that sent us the remember the toilet roll uh, story. Yeah, great story. The guy is funny, and he writes emails that just kill me. So he should be a writer. But okay, he wants to instead he wants to parse the Federal Register. So he he works with me. Yeah, what's which is also has their own thing. Yeah, everyone's got their own hobby. Uh, so, but first, let me give you this story: um, uh, the full-on public service announcement uh, from the Navy uh, is in the show notes four seven six dot dot com. But here is the Aaron Burnett story uh, where this was out front, and uh, it's just filled with memes. And as I was listening to this, and I and I, I, I kind of figured out what's going on because I think it's promotion essentially. And it is all under the heading, The War on Bath Salts. And now we go to the demonic dangers of... Sorry. I'm demonic the, dangers! Demonic dangers! The demon, this is a news program. The demonic Woo. dangers of bath salts! Of bath salts. A horrible story here because there's a dramatic public service announcement by the American Navy warning about the dangers of this designer drug. And by the way, this public service announcement is awesome. I mean, the special effects are really quite good. 
But then wait for the Navy official to come in at the end. I just have a little bit of all of this. Um, and you'll hear that there's, there's an obvious, there was something being set up, and I think Chad found it. The hope is that sailors will be deterred from turning to bath salts to get high. Our Pentagon correspondent, Chris Lawrence, is out front. It's a shocking video in which an actor plays an American sailor high on bath salts. He sees other sailors as demons, punches his girlfriend, and gets wheeled into the ER, pinned down by paramedics. Bath salts not only will jack up your family. This is the guy from the Navy, John. Bath salts will not only jack up your family, they'll jack you up, man. This is, this is, this is like... A, an official from the Navy speaking, jack up. In your career, they'll jack up your mind and your body, too. Who does who, to, who in the Navy approved this? It'll jack up your career, man. The Navy is increasing efforts to warn sailors after military doctors started seeing more cases. These bath salts don't have anything to do with therapy or the salts you use at home. What we're talking about here are very potent synthetic drugs that are probably synthesized somewhere overseas, um, we think possibly China. Dr. Alex Garrard has seen dozens of cases firsthand. People act very primal, uh, primal instincts, animalistic behavior. He's seen users who think they have superhuman strength and are almost impossible to subdue. Son, while he was high on bath salts. Okay, so I had a little bad edit there, but now listen very carefully to what, what they're saying at the end of this report. The Naval Academy kicked out 16 midshipmen for using another synthetic drug, Spice. The military started random testing for synthetics last year, but it's hard to keep up with the science. But all the drug dealers, the chemists have to do is manipulate the molecule ever so slightly. You have a new drug, a new chemical that kind of flies under the radar. In fact, since the U.S. government banned the two main chemicals that were used in bath salts, another chemical called nafarone started showing up. And it's 10 times as potent as cocaine. Now, this, of course, is obviously a commercial for the new stuff. Yeah, no, this is totally what it is. Nafarone is what it's called. Uh, Nafarone, uh, there is a book of knowledge entry. But what's interesting is on Friday, just before this report, is, and, and, and this video is obviously was made a long time ago, you know, and, and it was rushed out. No one actually took the time. To, I mean, you can't have a guy say, hey, man, you get jacked up. That's not how the Navy operates. And on Friday, I read from the Federal Register as trapped by Chad. Um, it's, an, it's an addendum. On July 9, 2012, the president signed into law the Synthetic Drug Abuse Prevention Act of 2012. SDAPA amends the Controlled Substances Act by placing 26 substances in Schedule 1. So what is happening here? is the president uh, had the uh, Synthetic Drug Abuse Prevention Act of 2012, and now it's being amended with 26 new substances. And as a part of this amendment, it has the uh, Schedule One classification of Mephedrone, MDPV, and... Uh, hello, darling. And then uh, some synthetic cannabinoids. So I believe, I believe, oh, and uh, well, there's one more, um, methylone. But I believe that, that this came out 
um, these new drugs have been, uh, or, or the, these substances uh, have been classified as uh, Schedule One drugs, so equal to heroin, and that's why they, I guess, have to now promote the new thing, which has just been released, because now MDPV is a Schedule One, it's equal to heroin. Huh. And now they're, they're out there immediately with this really shoddy thing. Can I have the tea back, honey? I was still drinking that. Promoting the, uh, don't empty that, that has whiskey in it. For my back. <laughs> for his back. For my, what, honey? Whiskey? Yeah, it's exactly where I had it, yeah. Um, so so Nafedrone yeah. is, is clearly, it, they're promoting this, and it's 10 yeah, times. Yeah, we got to get the, yeah, give, this is a, a, an alert. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we have drug alert. Uh, all <laughs> yeah. the drugs have been illegal. We have a new drug, new drug that is new legal drug. for now. Yeah. It's yeah, un- it's exactly un- the timing is unbelievable. I yeah, I agree. It's no, just- it's totally it. And by the way, the bull crap about China, yeah. you just drop that really? little I know, bomb in there. I know, I know. Be- July 26, 2012, DEA raids synthetic pot and bath salts manufacturers and sellers. And this was done in 90 cities. They're making the stuff in the U.S. of A. Of course. There's nothing coming in from China. China. Chiners, please. Please. And then we have the new segment, John. Bogative bills. These are new bills introduced into uh, legislation or into the legislative process. And I just want to run them down for you. I just make a little selection of ones that I think would be interesting, not to discuss, but just to understand what your U.S. government is doing. We have H.R. 77. We start over by Did you know that each year they start with the numbers are all new? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know I that. Know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, otherwise it'd be in the millions of where they're okay. going. Okay. H.R. 77, to repeal the legal tender laws to prohibit taxation on certain coins and bullion and to repeal superfluous sections related to coinage. So that's some gold nut, obviously, trying to uh, do a Ron Paul on the uh, gold coins. So that'll go nowhere. H.R. Uh, 74, to provide for the collection of data on traffic stops. <laughs> Uh, which will be uh, DNA, obviously. H.R. 125 to provide... Let us swap you. Yeah. To provide for congressional oversight of United, United States agreements with the government of Afghanistan. I thought that was interesting. Do we not have congressional oversight with the agreements with the government of Afghanistan? I didn't know any of this. No, I mean, apparently not. I thought I thought the, the Obama administration was the most transparent in the, in the universe. But apparently, we don't have oversight. Uh, H.R. 118, to amend the Internal Revenue Code of 1986 to encourage teachers to pursue teaching science, technology, engineering, and math subjects at elementary and secondary schools. There's no text available of that one, which I find unfortunate, because I'd like to know how they're going. What are they going to do, give you a tax break if you teach math? What do you think? I this is news to me. Yeah. And then someone's of course uh trying to repeal uh, uh the mandate that individuals purchase health insurance that's HR 105. Well, who's I wonder who put that in. Let's see. Does it say here? Hmm. Doesn't say. That would be a Ron Paul thing, but he's not in there anymore, right? He's out. Uh, he's not out. I guess. Yeah, I guess he's out. As well, yeah. But that's just of, as of like next week. Or okay. Something. This is Scott Garrett of New Jersey, Republican. And then finally, uh, HR seventy five to end membership of the United States in the United Nations. 
<laughs> that's a classic. <laughs> hey, good luck with that. <laughs> I think I think that's very funny. I, I love it when they do stuff like that. That tickles me. Uh, so that's uh, your Bogative Bills. That's your uh, United States government at work. This is the stuff they uh, they work on. Now, did you hear, you know, this is... This uh, this bull crap. This is such total bull crap. And it, this this is cropped up. I've heard it now two years running. The trillion dollar coin bull crap. You've heard of this? Yeah, we were talking about it. Uh, Jace, uh, Buzzkill Jr. brought it up uh, at dinner, saying you know, thinking that it was sounds more like a plot to a cheap movie. The uh, What's the one with uh, Clooney and those guys that keep robbing the same Yeah, like uh, uh, o- Ocean's 29 or something. Ocean's tw- uh, yeah, yeah, Ocean's, Ocean's 23. 20. <laughs> hey, we're going to get the trillion dollar, dollar <laughs> let's, coin. Let's steal the trillion dollar coin. <laughs> well, now, so I've, I've been reading this trillion dollar coin theory for years. It's like, oh, you can just issue a trillion dollar coin. And now it's actual news. So while they debate over a debate and race headlong into the debt ceiling, is there a magic bullet to solve the crisis? Try a magic coin. It's a magic coin, John. Some economists, legal scholars, and now even a congressman are suggesting a $1 trillion platinum coin could be minted and the government could use that to pay the debt, avoid default, and preempt the debt ceiling crisis. Let's understand how it works. Democratic Congressman Gerald Nadler of New York says, I'm being absolutely serious. It sounds silly, but it's absolutely legal. I spoke to economist Joe Gagnon. Why do you think it's a good idea right now? Well, I think it's better than a government shutdown. It's better than defaulting on the debt. I mean, it's better than the bad alternatives. And technically, it does appear to be legal. Here's how. The U.S. government can print new money, but under law, there's a limit to how much paper money can be in circulation at any one time. There are also rules that at least limit the denominations that gold, silver, and copper coins can be, but there is no limit on platinum coins. The president can issue a platinum coin in any denomination. Treasury can mint it and then just print on it $1 trillion. <laughs> the president can then order that coin to be deposited at the Federal Reserve. Then, says Gagnon... And the Fed would credit the Treasury's account. And so when the Treasury writes checks to pay people, the Fed will cash them. (laughs) I love this because when you introduce this trillion-dollar coin, which, by the way, they have a great rendering of it. It has Obama's head on it. It's pretty funny. So when you you have this trillion-dollar coin, it it tricks people into believing that, you know, this is real, that that all this money is that it, you know, that it, that it's, that the, that minting coins like this is real money. And the slaves, you know, the human resources just fall for this. You know, it's like the whole thing is money is is basically just a joke. The whole idea is just a concept and a belief system. And now they're actually propagating this on on news. Here's the funny part about this. The uh this is actually a April 5th, which was my birthday by the way. April 5th, if anyone wants to get uh, something for me. 1998. 1998, the 20th episode of the ninth season of the animated television series The Simpsons. Oh, no. Has this exact plot. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's, let me, uh, the episode sees Homer said, look, by, look up the trouble with trillions. That's the name of it. The episode sees Homer being sent by the – this is how dumb people are, the, 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 our Congress – sees Homer's being sent by the Federal Bureau of Investigation to try to obtain a trillion-dollar bill that Montgomery Burns failed to deliver to Europe during the post-war era. And it goes, and, 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 and hilarity ensues. 
Really? So there you have Wait, it. Wait, which, when was it? You've got it. There's some furious impressed that it was on, April maybe, 5th. Maybe this one, hold on. You need all the friends you can get. And Moe's is the friendliest place in the rum district. Is this the one? Is this the episode? Get know. out and take your Sacagawea dollars with you. No, that's I'll not it. That's not it. I'm looking for it. I wish I could find that one. Apparently, Harry Truman, in the story, printed a $1 trillion bill with his photo on it. Ah, photo, same photo. Uh -huh, Obama, uh -huh, get it? Uh -huh, uh -huh, same uh -huh. same, me, same uh, fractal. Uh -huh. To help reconstruct post-war Europe. He handed the bill over to Montgomery Burns to transport to the Europeans. However, the money never arrived, and the FBI suspects Burns still has the money. <laughs> well, this, what was that? Remember that other plot that... Um... Oh wow! What was that about the um, like sixty trillion dollars? Ken? Oh my God! Now I'm now I'm spacing on it. It was the money that Reagan had. Oh right, this crazy Ken Awada. Right, right. What was that? We did this like four years ago on the show. What was that? Again? We had uncovered this crazy cockamamie story about all this this money that's put in abeyance and it's part of some collection that's been going on all along and all you do is tap into it and we pay off everything and we're good to go. What I remember that, that. What was that called again? Cause I, I can't remember. This pops it's, up from time to time. It's, it's the, the same uh, bull crap that we're presented with on a weekly basis. <laughs> Someone in the chat room will know. It was the... Um, oh, it was the... I thought it was Ken Awada. Wasn't that it? Mm, I don't remember. We'd have to say so one of our Wanta, Wanta, our, Wanta, Wanta, Wanta. I think it was Ken Wanta, Wanta, right, right, Wanta. Right, right. No, wasn't it Wanta? Wanta? Let me just see. Wanta. Maybe it wasn't Ken. Uh, the Wanta, Wanta fund trillions. Uh, the, Leo Wanta. There you go. Leo Wanta. <clears throat> in in the book of knowledge, the Wanta funds. There you go. Twenty seven point five trillion dollars in a fund that apparently is just sitting there waiting for us to tap into. And we can pay everything off. Leo Wanta. You should look, yeah, you know, was... you should look into that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's research that again. It was part of a CIA plot to destabilize the Soviet economy in 1990. Wanta apparently was a CIA operative. Mm-hmm. The only thing standing in the way of life and death for Ambassador Leo Wanta, I guess he was an ambassador, too? I don't know. Yes, he CIA was. Guy, yes, ambassador. he was. He was. Huh, yeah, he was ambassador. That's astonishing to me to have an ambassador who was in the CIA. And uh, <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. But the, finally speaks. Leo Wanta's still around, though, right? He's still... I guess, yeah. yeah. He, was, he gave us an interview on in, uh, January 10th, 2010, on Stuweb, uh, newswithviews.com. Who is Leo Wanta? Blah blah blah. Yeah. Anyway, the people looked this up. We talked about this before. It's more bull crap that's out there. I wish it were true, but it's it, you know it's yeah, it'd be great. So uh, get there. So let's say so, Wanta, give us the money. Okay. Always. So now that this is in the mainstream, though, this trillion dollar coin, um, what can uh, no agenda listeners and producers do when some dumb slave who they typically work with or commute with or live with? says, why don't we just mint the trillion-dollar coin? What can they say? They can punch him in the mouth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just just cold cock the guy. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
I don't know what they can say. They don't say anything. They just roll their eyes and walk away. All right. So I've got the, hey. la- the last bit of... Oh, I'm sorry. You want to do something? No, no. You got it. <clears throat> are we rapping? Yeah. No, well, we not, rap- not quite. Not quite. I got a little bit of... Uh, just going back what? to... I got a little bit of a ditty. Okay. Well, you got a ditty. I got a ditty. Uh, tell me what this is. I mean, I'd like to know what this is. It's only going to come in on one channel. And I, I'm, I'm fooling around on the European satellite dish, which I lost access to, by the way. Oh. Uh, so I'm going to – I'm Calgary, here I come. Uh, and we, by the way, sent, I want to thank the people that also offered some New York-based uh, uh, sling boxes. But I still need one in Australia. Uh, what is Radio Liberty? Okay. It's only is – is, can I do anything by uh, – yeah, Just play it. Is it just one channel only, you said? Yeah, yeah. Oh. This is Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, Praha. This is Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, Praha. Praha? This is Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty, Praha. What is he saying at the end? Praha? Praha. Praha? P-R-A-H-A, I think. Where's Praha? I don't know. Is it maybe Prague? Is that how you pronounce Prague if you're a Czechoslovakian? Praha? Is, it, is that possible? Yes, Prague. Yeah, Praha. You pronounce okay. it Prague. Praha. So that's Radio Free Europe. Radio Liberty. Radio Radio Liberty. Radio Liberty. Liberty. But the uh, programming is rather sparse. Yeah, that's that is the programming. (laughs) They're just keeping the channel open. Funny. Radio Praha. 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 You know, I bet you you could walk around the streets anywhere in the in the world except for Czechoslovakia or the Czech Republic, and say, "Have you ever heard of Praha?" And no one would know. Right. It's one of those things. I would agree. So the um, uh, no agenda listeners know. Yeah, sure they do. They do you do remember now. the uh, the crazy the crazy lawyer who was uh, suing Connecticut, uh, representing the one eyewitness, the six year old girl of the uh, Sandy Hook shooting. Right, then he backed off because he, he, backed he off, had a right. whole theory about it. Right. And this guy is being taken very seriously. Uh, or let's put it this way, <clears throat> he's he's showing up everywhere and they're in- so Bloomberg uh, is interviewing him. Now Bloomberg is not I don't consider it to be a super serious television network, but it is a serious outfit, you know, a serious operation. So I think the guy is selling something. Because uh, this guy is is clearly a moron. He's he's he's, a, he's just as moronic as everyone else we've seen involved in this entire saga, this entire script. And uh, here is a, a snippet of him on Bloomberg. And uh, what comes into play is, uh, as he reports it, fact and science, and obvious that this is where we're going with. Uh, with the with the tragedy in Sandy Hook, I've alienated them, and I feel bad because I spent my whole life liking them and them liking me. But now I know that that they have to they have to take action to stop it again because it's disgusting. Right, and of course, it's also I mean, this is your job. This is what you do as a as a tort lawyer. Yeah, and as a Connecticut re- yeah. person. Notice he says Connecticut re- re- person. I guess he's uh, he's probably. Uh, Hollywood, California resident as an actor, but uh, so he he cuts himself off when he says, uh, "Oh, good catch, good catch." Person, is this just about the state of Connecticut, or are you going to add other defendants here? Oh well, if I can if I can get insurance money from somebody in California who who committed a tort here, who sent the guy a manual on how to shoot children, you know, I'll go for it. Okay, so now pay attention because what he just said is, 
if I can get insurance money, I'm, I'm not quite sure how tort lawsuits work, because the guy sent someone a manual? But I've... I mean, seriously, John? So we need to be on the lookout for a, a similar event in California where someone used uh, Adam Lanza's manual, which is probably on his computer or something or the posted. terrorist uh, uh, cookbook or whatever it's called. It's going to be the How to Kill Children manual. But here comes the real interesting information. No limits in Connecticut. It's not about only protecting the children in Connecticut. As far as I'm concerned, I'd like to see, and I've gotten some clues on this. Some I've gotten some clues on this. He's gotten some clues. Some remote-controlled cameras with remote-controlled um, stopping weapons, non-lethal robots, non-lethal drones. You can have a drone that big with a little bit of gas on it. And the police, who monitor half the streets anyway with their ca remote cameras from wow. their booths, from their camera rooms can say, uh-oh, there's a problem there. That boy's walking up the Shoot street him. with a listen, listen. gun, and they can send a drone, and they can give him a little bit of knockout gas, and you, have, you, may, uh, you may avoid a disaster. This is not ridiculous. This is the future. It may not be the future this year, but what's a one-foot-long drone cost? I know they don't even cost $1,000, so if you make a high-quality one, it's 5000 hmm. <laughs> The drone again, naturally. I like, uh, I mean, come on, he's, uh, uh, he's selling it. Clip, clip of the day. <laughs> oh, thank you. Hold on. I wasn't even prepared for that. He's selling it, man. The guy is selling it. He's selling yeah. the drones with a little bit of gas on it. Clip of the day. You know, what does a one-foot drone cost? Hey, come on, John. What does a one-foot drone cost? A thousand bucks. It can't be that you much. Can ruggedized one for five thousand bucks. In other words, the same thousand dollar one added four thousand dollars with right. no difference. Right. With a little bit of knockout gas on it. Just yeah. a little bit Boom. of knockout gas. Hey, the, the, what is that thing coming toward me? Mm -hmm. It has to go up steps. I don't know if they hey, can you know, the, the, the cops, they, mod, they're, they're, they got cameras on all the time anyway. There's a little bit more to the clip. I don't know if, why I had more to it. Yeah, yeah, you don't want guys, it? Yeah, right. yeah, maniac. Yeah. Maniac, yeah. Maniac, but maniac, or is he out there sending a message? Well, probably sending a message. So we on the last show, we talked about Qatar... Buying um, Al Jazeera, Qatar, Al, buying uh, current TV, but yeah, <laughs> buying Al, buying Al Jazeera America. Yes, correct. So um, there's a thing I was watching the Canadian uh, cable, mm -hmm. and th there's a whole couple of the BBC channels that they have in Canada are really more British than they are the ones we get. And a lot of them, I've never seen any of these people. I never heard of any of these shows, but they have a show they're coming out with, or something they got out already. And they're promoting the crap out of it. This is the promo for which with the promo's name is What's with Qatar, but it's about just listen to this and, and tell me what the hell's going on with Qatar. The richest country per capita in the world wants to turn its petrodollars into global influence. Direct combines programs and features to spotlight one country using the BBC's local knowledge. Boy races have become such an issue in Qatar that the government is actually instigating race days for them to get it out of the system. That's Qatar Direct on BBC World News. Uh, so it's like a regular show. Why, was, why does anybody in England or even Canada or here for that matter care about a daily show or a daily or a weekly show? I think it's daily about Qatar. Because they pay for it, of course. But why? Why? Nobody goes there to shop. They go to Dubai. Because I the, mean, I don't get get the deal. Well, something's up. Because we just want my thing is something's up. The with upper, the upper middle class, you know, has to have something to look at and pat themselves on the shoulder about. I guess.
I don't know. I'm yeah. Just saying something's yeah. up that wouldn't just doesn't make any sense to me. Mm. Yeah, this is, actually is, there's been a lot about uh, everyone's talking about uh, about this Al Jazeera deal. All the all the news networks are like the terrorist Al Jazeera, Bin Laden's network. <laughs> yeah, you haven't noticed. Yeah, that? there were. It probably was for like a month. Yeah, till MI six whoever took it over. Uh, it's obviously a propaganda tool. See, the only other funny thing I kind of have is, um, um, so I, it's, they're, they're really pushing all the women now that are in uh, in Congress. Where at? Let me rephrase that. Nancy Pelosi and uh, and the mainstream media are pushing how many women are now in Congress, and they have the Democratic. I think it's the Democratic Female Coalition or something, or the Women's Coalition, or yeah, uh, what do you call it? You call a caucus, 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 and there's like women's caucus. sixty-seven of them. Congressional women's caucus, yeah, and a Democrat, Democrat. So there's sixty-seven, which is a lot, and you know, but yeah. it's really pushing the women, pushing the women. So they had a a big photo shoot out on the steps of the Capitol with the they Nancy. Seem to be preoccupied with women's issues. Who me? Not fully representing their areas, by the way. No, go on. No, so they have a big photo shoot out on the steps. And uh, during a press conference uh, where Nancy Pelosi is meant to answer some questions, uh, a, a, an actual journalist shows up and asks a very uh, important question. Yesterday, your office put out a photo of all the female members yes. of the House and then later put out another photo because I guess a few of them weren't there yet yeah. and photoshopped in a few of them. Is that right. what they did? Yes. Did you catch that? So they released a press picture of all of the, all of the female yeah, they members. they some more in. No, a couple of them just weren't there, so I just photoshopped them in. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. That's crazy. And she goes, yeah, they, is that what they did? Hmm, who knows? I don't even know what Photoshop is. I'm too old. I'm 70 years old, and I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, that wasn't what she said. Does that represent an accurate historical record? Yeah, it was an accurate historical record of who the Democratic women of Congress are. Uh, it also is an accurate record that it was freezing cold, and our members have been waiting a long time for everyone to arrive. And uh, that, Shut up, uh, slave. Uh, she was like, yes, it's an accurate record, because it's an accurate record of how cold it was, and that's why several had to go inside. We had no time yeah. for the photo. It's Shut an up, accurate slave. Record. It's a total accurate record. It's a total, total, total accurate record. Shut up, slave. There you go. That's exactly it. Shut up. The slave that commutes. <laughs> yeah, the slave that commutes exactly. Um, see, they have uh, one other. There's a thing. bunch of crap going on in Canada. The Indians are revolting. Oh, about it's called the uh, Idle No More. Some big movement. I have a clip. It's not. It's actually not that interesting. But there's a big. There's some stink going on. I can't put my finger on it. I ran into a a, a guy doing. Do you know the way they do these? We don't see it so much in this country, but in Canada they have these pitches for the starving children in Africa. Yeah. But this has a total a Canadian kind of angle to it, which is kind of like, well, the boys, they don't get enough food to, to to even stand up if they could walk. And they don't get enough food to eat if they were alive, but they're all dead. I mean, it's just this kind of like weird way of presenting a a, a sales pitch to get you to give money for the starving kids in Africa who are standing right next to this guy. This boy has no – you know, this boy – can't be fed by his father if he had a father uh and it, it just was <laughs> i just found the whole thing to be very the presentation to an american ear i thought was very peculiar and this is indians revolting in canada 
No, no. This is the uh, Mike Holmes and the Orphans. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Hi, I'm Mike Holmes. SOS is the largest orphan-focused charity in the world. And oh, you, you know, you've heard of SOS, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. Because I've, I've, I've never see, heard this sort of pitch. Because no, we used to have to, in, in school here, when I was uh, growing up, so like fifth grade, we had the SOS Children Villages. And and you and we always had to yeah, collect we, money for them. It's not promoted so much in the USA. No, okay. Let me tell you, I've seen it firsthand, and they know how to make it right. Unfortunately, around the world, HIV and AIDS has left millions of children orphaned. Even kids as young as seven and eight years old are living all alone and barely surviving. Many of them don't. Ten-year-old Ellie and his eight-year-old brother Moses were found begging for food because they didn't know what else to do. These two little boys are all alone, hungry, and scared. They're very vulnerable to all the bad that's here. That means if someone wants to come and take them, they can take them. If they want to abuse them, they can abuse them. If they want to take things from them, they'll take it. I just can't imagine two children living alone. These two boys wake up every day and fend for themselves. They probably wouldn't be alive today if it wasn't for their neighbors. There's no one to make them breakfast before they go to school. They don't even go to school. No one to wash their clothes. <laughs> That's funny. They don't even go to school. It's weird. <laughs> you go to school. There's no one to make them breakfast before they go to school. They don't even go to school. What is that? I don't, I don't understand what the nature of this pitch is. It's, it's like so weird. awkward. It's not a group. It's not a great pitch. No, That's not by sure. American not standards. I mean, these Canadians got to get there. They got to up the game. Hey, to wrap this up, can I uh, can I play a little a little ditty here? You remember Doctor Kiki? Doctor Kiki. Yeah, Doctor Kiki. Doctor Kiki. Stanford. 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 Doctor Kiki. This week in science, Doctor Kiki. Yeah, her. She's yeah. the one that, who, who thought that we were idiots for not getting vaccinated with the phony baloney swine flu thing. Yeah, I know her. She's actually a very pleasant woman. Well, I've never met her, um, but someone... I have. She's just nice. I like her. Yeah. So, someone pointed out the... Uh, I didn't actually drink it, honey. I just had like a... It was just a prop. Okay, I did drink a little bit. Pour some in here. Yeah, there you go. It's my back. Thank you. What? Holland. Yeah. Mickey's like, Holland. She, she knows I'm an alcoholic now. She knows it's happening. Are you an alky too? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Didn't want to offend any alcoholics in the audience. Okay, so Dr. Kiki... Uh, I guess it's, it's. I guess she's not a part of Leo's network anymore, or is she? Or I guess she wasn't making the money wanted, or something, and that she spun off, and she's not working at Leo's operations. As far right. As I can okay. Tell. But she still has this week in science, and uh, right. and she does it with some other dude, and it's uh, it's kind of low low rent. It's not, I don't know. She's producing her thing, or so I don't know. It's it's not uh, it's not quite the same as it used to be, but it's still Doctor Kiki, and um, so they're talking about the. Uh, the controversy over, remember NASA, when they said, like, oh, we have something fantastic, uh, you know, next week we'll tell you about the Mars mission, and, and it turned out to be nothing. Like, uh, basically, yeah, it was just, yeah. the guy was just, disappointment. The guy was just excited <laughs> about, I don't know, but uh, everyone was like, oh, boy, there's something great is coming out. So they talk about that, and essentially, Dr. Kiki's message is this. But anyway, that was just my little side note that I had to make, because people are bashing the scientists and getting all huffy about it. And I just want to tell people to shut up already. It's science. Okay? Yeah, shut up. Science. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm going to say now. 
That's a new Shut saying up. of mine. It's Shut, Shut up already. It's just, this is science. This- oh, there you go. That's how the scientists think about us. <laughs> she literally was saying, wow. "Shut up! It's science." I mean, she- "Shut up, slave!" "Shut up, slave!" "Shut, Shut up, slave!" Science. I'm thinking we should. I should clip that down a little bit more. Whenever there's a science thing, we just roll out Dr. Kiki. You know, yeah, she shut up. Yeah, let me see. Is it? Uh... That's what I'm going to say now. <laughs> yeah. That's a new shut saying up. of mine. It's science. Shut up. Shut, shut up, up already. It's just, this is science. Shut up. It's science. That's actually a nice little clip. Yeah, I'll, I'll clip it down a little bit more. It's pretty good, right? Yo, it's amazing. <laughs> Dr. Kiki. Yeah. If she listened to our show, she'd know she was a. She wouldn't have said that, but she doesn't apparently well, listen to another, was, another one of these people. It was pointed out by one of our listeners who is very, very disappointed in Dr. Kiki. That was his exact words. <laughs> I'm, I'm disappointed. Very, very, with very dis- shut up slave moment. <laughs> very, very disappointed in Dr. Kiki at the moment. <laughs> All right. Hey, are you doing? Are you doing Twit today? Uh, yep. Oh, cool. All right. It'll be I'm late for me. in the rain. Oh, it's raining. Right. All right. Hey, well, promote us because uh, we need uh, some help on the donations. Uh, so talk about the show. Talk about how it's twice a week now or some bullcrap funny, funny joke that you do with Leo. You know, whenever I, I ask you that question, you know, Leo's numbers go up because you know, otherwise people don't watch the show. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big draw. You are. You are. You are the best co-host of the best podcast in the universe, my friend. All right. Uh, well, we'll uh, find out Thursday uh, what's going on with uh, our exile status. Until then, I am still in exile in Amsterdam. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. Well, I'm not in Amsterdam. I'm in northern Silicon Valley, where I'll remain. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. It's science. Shut up. You slaves can get used to mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, macaroni and cheap cheddar melted together. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, mac and cheese, <laughs> mac and cheese. Hey, everybody. The best podcast in the universe. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Shut up, slave. <laughs>